You are now entering the world of Musings of a Geek Podcast Network. Stay geeky, my friends. This is a Danger Entertainment Podcast. DangerEntertainment.net Danger Entertainment Podcast Network. discuss geek culture from the belly of the beast once a week coming to you live from the el cortez hotel and casino in beautiful downtown las vegas i thought the belly of the beast was uh el El cajon Cajon. because that's where we record so technically brian is El Cajon. El Cajon. El Cajon. Today we are we are in Las Vegas doing our third annual Las Vegas episode. This is the second one with a very special guest. Um, I'm your host Dan. Um, with me as always are my two normal co-hosts. I got uh, Will. Ahoy, ahoy. And I got uh, Daz. I am not actually present. Okay. And coming back from uh, I don't sweating the small stuff. I mean, obviously, but he hasn't been on the podcast in a while. Regular special guest Brian Evans. Hello. Who decided to join us uh, with his boyfriend Todd? We're hanging out. Do you want to do you want to be on Todd? All right. That was just that was just He's in the in, uh, to the air. Decided to join us in Las Vegas. We're gonna hang out. We're gonna have dinner one night. We're doing a podcast. Um, how are you guys doing? Um, Will, uh, William hated everybody last night. When does Will ever like anyone? Oh, no, 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 fair. no, no. Will really hated everyone. No, Will last hated night. everybody last, because we were playing blackjack. We got it on Thursday. Will this began is, counting the number of times he lost or didn't get paid on twenty. Okay. Is that unfair? Yeah. It, it's not getting paid on 20? Is that unfair to, to bitch when you lose on 20s consistently? And an inordinate amount of time? Were, yeah. were you playing uh, appropriate strategy? Basic strategy? Yes. Are you sure? Did you listen to my podcast to find out if you were? I know basic strategy. <laughs> <laughs> when you're drunk? I can always count. <laughs> yes. I can, I can, I, that's the thing. Is I can always count. Yeah. Brian, he is not Dan. <laughs> wait, wait, Dan can't count when he's sober. I can't count, but I'm gonna. I, I, I don't need to know how to add. I have a calculator. Dan, Dan in single deck today hit a soft twenty. I did. I, it was it was an error, and I didn't realize I had a soft twenty. You had 20. an ace and a nine in yeah, your head, and I hit. No, I was no, like, no. He had a long build. Well, but still, 20. yeah. But it was, still, he screwed up. I still, yeah. I still fucked. Up. I was like, "Shit, God well, damn it!" But you, you, haven't, you haven't split your tens yet. Those not yet. It's yet. Happen. And and when we arrived, they were at the blackjack table playing blackjack. And as we arrived, Dan was dealt two kings. To which Todd said, "Split him, split him, split him, split him." Split him. So, um, this he did not, by the way. This trip has actually been really interesting. Usually, you know, we all kind of play our roles, but every once in a while, especially in Vegas, those roles change. And William can be an honorary person, but you were spe- you were very goal oriented and honorary last night. So that's yeah. kind of what you've been well, ornery, doing. Ornery, as opposed to uh, I heard ornery? that as honorary. Ornery? No, ornery. <laughs> I, I was an honorary person. But, uh, <laughs> yeah. No, I, I don't know. I was way better today. 
Yes, you are pleasant Because we today. played Lords of Waterdeep. We didn't actually play. And I William, won. For the record, William scored 178 points in Lords of Waterdeep, which is, I think, the top score. It's a new record. It's a at new our record. Table. Yeah, exactly. But I, for those that are thinking that is, you went to Vegas and you played a board game, yep. I, I, I want to point out that I have y'all beat. Because when my friends and I, when we all came up for Vegas last time, about 2002, um, we played D&D. <laughs> you sat in the room for we, hours and played yes, D&D. That's yes, amazing. We, we played D&D. We, we were playing it on the drive up. I was driving the game message. How do you do that? Well, there's it, four of us the in the driver car. I'm driver. The the, no, the GM was one of the other passengers, and so that way he could look things up, and we were just sort of going around. And that was the session where we finally got to the final thing, and our DM was absolutely certain that this was going to be a really, really tough one because he had a Medusa as one of the final things that we were fighting, at which point, because we had been playing these characters for quite some time, I realized... That's right, my character has blind fight. So I don't need to look at this Medusa. I mean, so there's like, no, no, you're all supposed to not be able to see. Too bad. Yeah, but too bad. Too I, bad. I, I deliberately gave my guy blind fight as a first level feat. I specifically took blind fight. So. I rolled a seduce yeah. the Medusa. <laughs> but I, got, I, got, I actually got to call it, not call out Dead. Or like the dragon. Dez, this trip has been like Zen Master. Like, to the point where we're driving back. We went to IHOP this morning, and we're driving back down Flamingo. And I'm like, ah, I made a bad decision. I don't want to be on Flamingo. Uh, I don't want to hit the strip. i got to find a place to make a right. And Des is like, Dan, it's okay. We'll, we'll arrive wherever we're meant to arrive. Yeah, wait, we're like, he's, like, he's like, there are bad decisions. <laughs> we're all alive, so it's okay. Like, that was his standard. Like, unless somebody died or there was some sort of property, like, massive property damage. Like, his other example is, well, he didn't crash through that building, so it's okay. And I'm like, so unless we cause massive like life crushing damage or somebody's like you know like mortally wounded it's all okay there was no need for a blood transfusion William, transfusion I'd, therefore I'd like to it state was for the record, a good drive and I know you hate that phrase because I'm not a lawyer and there's, no, there's record. no court reporter here <laughs> but there is a record but we are recording there is a record so. there is literally a record, a record. Okay. But, okay for in this one time you're right <laughs> you weren't right, there there's a record when Mr. Daniel Zisco lost one hundred and forty dollars between nine oh eight and nine forty one, I was asleep. Yeah, it was. I just. That's was, how we started this morning. It was. It was bad. Um, so we're in Vegas and PM, AM, okay, AM. And normally this we morning, do, we, this morning, we, yes. This morning. We decided to stop because Will was still asleep. It's not like just it's my a, show or anything. A brief period. Oh, Fuck be quiet, show. host. <laughs> it's not like it's my show. <laughs> um, He's explaining something to your guest. Okay. Yes. So so, we, da- so Dan lost $140 between 908 and 941. It, yeah, because we, we thought we could take some time playing, and we could not. And it's not that Dan was playing badly or Dan was trying to buy his way out of trouble. Dan pretty much lost that money playing $5 a hand, just having... The worst Crap. cards. Delta every, single every single hand, hand I lost. 28 I like, losses in a row. Basically, it was terrible. Um, so normally when we come to Vegas, we do a theme episode. And the, those of you, I've posted the uh, first two we did. The first theme episode we did was kind of Musings of Vegas, just sort of a general. We had our, our friend Ed here. Um, Musings of Vegas, kind of a general. What do you like about Vegas? Let's let's geek out about Vegas. The second one we did was last year was Secret Origins, um, where we talked about how the three of us met, how we met Brian, who wasn't here. <laughs> um, and uh, William had an existential crisis. It was amazing. Go listen to that episode. That was the dildo economics one. Oh, yes. I remember that one. Yeah. Um, you should so, read my uh, thesis on that. So this year, what I thought we would do is we would do a top five albums. I've been threatening to do this ten, for years. Ten is too many. No, well, you know, we did ten, <laughs> we did, we did, we did ten, ten albums, many. and that was two episodes. We worth. did three episodes. 
three. That's was, right. It was, it was that, three episodes. I, I broke yeah. that well, into three about episodes. You know, technically that was movies. Yeah. As I say, it was movie. Yeah, it was a top ten movies. And, the difference but, between albums and movies is yeah. that when you say obscure movies, people probably have seen them. Whereas obscure albums, they're like, oh, okay. <laughs> yeah, I mean, well, and 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 this might be it might be a little bit a little bit that quicker. We, and we had five people then too, didn't yeah, we? Yeah, yeah. So. Well, the th- the three of us actually, because I was like, well, I'm going to try to download my albums on my tablet because that's where my sound is coming from because I don't only have one sound card on the computer, so right. I can't actually. So uh, you were going through our top five albums last night just before we we went out, and I was like, well, I've got mine, and I've got one of Will's albums that I could put a song from, and I've got one of Dez's. You don't have any of mine. And I probably don't have any of yours, so I'm going to try to... certainly don't have any of Todd's. I'm going to try so. to YouTube some of this, so okay. there, might, there might be some music, there might not. We're going we're gonna to... Well, I have those. my own phone. If there's a possibility, I can pull up yeah. my own albums. Well, now, gonna, for you yours, we'll have to go so you, searching for them. It's almost That's as assuming as you even remember yours, Todd. Three of them. Three of them. That's all right. It's almost as if maybe some post editing might be in in order. Uh, there is going to be some post editing. I think oh so. There might be songs for all of them, but as we do this live, there may not be songs. So we'll 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 <laughs> insert see where we song here. Do, 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 um, so how, okay, as long we, as we don't upload it to YouTube, because then we'll get a copyright violation. It's very true. <laughs> so what we we have not picked an order. So we okay. have to pick an order. Yeah, so here's what. So Dan was like, can you can you find that that app on your phone that will make random numbers? And I'm like. You mean random.org? And I'm like, you fucker, are you using just random.org? Yeah, and so I did. And so here's where I got really confused, right? Because it's like, we have to figure out a random order. So I've done that. I've put in uh, a random number between one and five because there's five of us, and it came up with four. The question is, what where the fuck numbers start? are we? No, we, we got to pick numbers. Well, if we're going, well, I guess I'm if, gonna start if we start with the host and we go <laughs> clockwise as you would, congratulations, Todd, Dan. you get to go first. No, let me answer this you're number question. four. The, the, the answer is as follows. <laughs> Daniel Zisco scored 50 points less than everyone else playing Lords of Waterdeep. Therefore, the loser always goes first oh. at this table. I, I, I can do and that. And then we proceed as you, clockwise. As you yes. to us, so, it's your show. So, so number four. So, I, well. Okay, Todd, you're up. No, I mean. It, this it, means you need to come actually to the microphone and say something. Is it gonna be, wait, is it going to be me first? Is that what yeah, you're saying? Yeah, Dan's, okay. Dan's, oh, so, Dan's I'll go first. first. Okay. So, Todd gets to go number four. Uh, number four. All right. Okay. All right. So, to start off. Um, you know, my top five albums. Is, I'm actually, is this in order? Is this I'm, number five? I'm going in order. Number five. You don't necessarily have to go in order. But my number four album, as I cue mm, five, it up, number mean? five album, as I cue it up right here, if anybody can hear it. I can barely hear it. There we go. There we go. That is Sloop John B. and the Beach Boys. And that was on their 1966 album, Pet Sounds. I'm getting blank looks. Pet Sounds. I, I know of the album. I just album. don't really know it. Pet yeah. Sounds is a classic album. Here's the thing. Pet Sounds was the first album that the Beach Boys did that wasn't like, fun, fun, fun in the sun. Yay. Um, it's, well, and they it's pretended he- like they could surf even though they couldn't. Exactly. It's an intensely personal album. Uh, Brian Wilson actually stopped touring with the Beach Boys for about a year and wrote this album. Um, this album was actually... Um, partly inspired by the Beatles' Rubber Soul, which came out a year earlier, where rock was starting to change and become a sort of, you don't do single, 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 single. You can start having concept albums and start doing something different. And there's a lot of new instrumentation. It's an, Like I said, it's an intensely personal album. This is Sloop John B. This album also has Wouldn't It Be Nice, God Only Knows, Caroline No. It is a great album. And even though it didn't do well when it came out, nowadays people... Basically, generally agree. It is classic Beach Boys. It is one of the not only classic Beach Boys. It's one of the most important rock albums because it it was one of like the three, and there are two Beatles and one Beach Boys that sort of started to change things. Uh, And so, and it's funny. Like I said, this was inspired by Rubber Soul. So, 
So that's my number five. Sloop John. But know. there still is an awful lot of bubblegum in the Beach Boys. Though oh, I, uh, I yeah. like it. I, I'm not saying that it's 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 certainly not hard rock by any uh, uh, thing, but it, it's got that Beach Boy feel. It's got it's it's not drippingly. Happy, happy, happy! But wouldn't it be nice? Is yeah, but is, have you, have you yeah. heard the lyrics of "Wouldn't it be nice"? I know, but it's, the, a, yeah. it's not a happy yeah. song. Well, yeah, that's what I'm saying. Is like it, it's 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 got that the, the music is still very, very much Beach Boys happy, happy Opti- sort of thing, yeah. optimism. But there's more to it than that. But it, that's what they did back then. Like if you listen to the old versions of a uh, you know the original versions of like "Last Kiss" or uh, "Leader of the Pack." They're all depressing songs done to super peppy very happy. music. The leader of the vroom, vroom. That's, that's, that's why I like the Pearl Jam Last Kiss. It's the only time you'll ever listen to the song and the singer and the music actually matches with the tone of the music. Is that, wait, what, about the Pearl Jam? Pearl Jam yeah, did. the Pearl Jam cover of Last Kiss yeah, is a like, great this is cover. This a guy who's actually in anguish over this rather than somebody who's like, do 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 do. <laughs> car crashed, my girlfriend died. And you yeah. hung around and bothered me. Every night. <laughs> so that my 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 number my fifth favorite album of all time is Pet Sounds by the Beach Boys, 1966. I'm gonna move this over to Well. Okay. All right, so yeah, Cooley High Harmony by Boys to Men. <laughs> you Motown, know, Motown Philly. Motown Philly. <laughs> end of the road in the still of the night. It's class. No, um, <laughs> those actually I kind of actually do like those songs. Anyway, those uh, are good songs. <laughs> they weren't bad. Um, no, oh, 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 oh. I'm sorry. That's oh. Me talking. There, there we there go. We go. Everything's fixed now. Yes, everything's fixed. That's me talking, grabbing my phone, and thus Brian had too much electrical equipment attached to him. All right, William, what's your number five album? Uh, Neutral Milk Hotel. All right, and you know I actually have that queued up, so we're gonna we're gonna play that Neutral Milk Hotel by. No, 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 Neutral Milk Hotel. (laughs) The band, the title of the album is In the Aeroplane Over the Sea, which is uh, playing right now. It's a great album. It is a great album. Uh, it, this comes out in 1998. This is, I mean, the, the one I'm going to pick that a lot of people will not know. Um, it's Andy Rock that comes out in 98 when basically, I'm guessing like Limp Bizkit and Backstreet Boys yeah. are running the show and at it, that point. So it, it, it's almost ahead of its time. Like, I would think this is an album that came out in the last few years. Yes, no, it's it's uh, the sort of indie rock music. The guy, uh, Jeff Mangum, is the guy who basically wrote, wrote and sings all of the songs, and there's sort of a backing band. Um, and it's more or less just considered sort of a godfather of indie rock because it came out so much earlier than everything that inspired yeah. it afterwards. Uh, it was the second album. They, he had one earlier album called On Avery Island, which is okay. Which is good. I mean, it's, it's not bad. It's not bad. It's not great. This one is epic, especially the first six songs. The whole thing is actually inspired by a sort of obsession or interest in Anne Frank. Really? Yeah. I did not know that. Uh, like from the Diary of Anne Frank. Um, so like there's a song Hall in 1945 that's, you know, pretty pretty directly on point. Yeah, I, I, I was not, I mean, I knew <laughs> that song, but I was not aware of, of that. Yeah, so basically what happens is he puts the second album out. It doesn't do well in its time. Sort of like 98, Big Lebowski comes out and it's amazing and nobody sees it. And then the years go by and suddenly people kind of word of mouth pass it around and it becomes, you know, all the reviews even at the time were like, this was very so-so. And now they've written, you know, re-reviews of this is an epic album. And it is. It uh, really is an epic. Like I said, it's way ahead of its time. It is way ahead of its, it's time. And it's, it's really interesting instrumentation. Um, it's a lot of fuzz guitar, which you don't hear in a lot of things. It's, it's a pretty unique sound. The singer has this um, voice that's 
I'll come back to this with another singer later, but it's it has an acquired taste to it because the guy just belts out, and he's not really a singer necessarily. Um, but what happens is sort of interesting because they release this thing in '98, and he's they never release another proper album ever again. Yeah, they they they, go, they went away. It's gone. Yeah, they they like 13 years later to release a, a, an EP of older music, but the guy basically goes full on JD Salinger. <laughs> you were telling us this last night. Yeah, I mean, it's it's more or less like the he he literally had a nervous breakdown, just disappears, and then years go by. I'm guessing he needs the money and sort of reappeared in like 2012 at Coachella, and then went on a little tour. He came through San Diego. We, my wife and I went to see him. She she really likes it too. Over at the Spreckles Theater. It's a good venue for that. Yeah, he comes out. There's no opening band. He shows up by himself. He's suddenly grown in this crazy homeless guy beard. And has this brimmed hat on. Shows up. There's no stage production at all. So he's Joaquin Phoenix. Yeah, no, he is. <laughs> he sits on a stool with his acoustic guitar, says almost nothing before or during the you know in between the songs, belts out this music, and it, there's nothing new. It's all the old stuff, and it's pretty much. And then he's done, and there's no encore, and it was still amazing because it's one of those things where you're never going to see him again. He's never going to come back around. And uh, it was one of those things. It was, it was a, a rare opportunity to go catch something like that. Check out the album, though. Uh, if you're not hooked after the first 10 seconds of the opening track, do it. Ditch it. But it's, it's uh, a great album. That, that should catch you right there. You were the one who recommended it to me because I had never heard of it. And I played it and I went, This is great. It's straight word of mouth. It's a It'll great pass album. around and you'll like it. Anyway. All right. Dan. Uh, yes. There was like discussion of like music and stuff over there. Yeah. I'm not sure about that. I just like my albums. There's That's fine. There's What's going on with that? With just like liking it. There's nothing. No. There are albums on here that I like was, for no good reason. He was relating an anecdote. No, I get why that. But, he but before heard that, the music and I get that, how he ended up becoming that, to appreciate it. Before that, he like talked about it musically. What's uh, he's making me feel insecure? Fuzz no, guitar. It's because yeah, he used I, the phrase fuzz guitar. Pretty much. Yeah. Yeah. So I really like music. <laughs> I like think people highly <laughs> like music. He's, some people Will really is like. not so much into the comic books, despite going to Comic Con, right. unless he doesn't have much to say about the comics. Right. When you guys when do it's uh, musings of a comic book geek. Okay, fine. When so you, you know guys what? do okay, uh, top my number five album is Puff the Magic Dragon. <laughs> <laughs> if when you guys do top five books, I will relate to you the five books that I've ever read. <laughs> Which oh, I don't remember. You've read totally five, five books? books. I've maybe read five books. Holy shit! We should He's read books. five books. Well, right. He's read at least one, on. a, one and a half Game of Thrones books. Yeah. <laughs> All right, Brian. What do you got? Okay. Let's see if we can get this going up here. It'll start playing. It's not. I. I it's seems to be playing, but it, I'm not hearing it. Oh. Okay. So you might want to hear it through this. So there we go. Vince Guaraldi. Vince Guaraldi. Oh, I actually had grief. this. I totally, this, yeah. I totally could have put this on I, for you. I like Vince Guaraldi just in general, but the work that he did with Charles Schultz and I was going to say, is this the Peanuts theme? This is the Peanuts theme. Uh, well, this is Linus but, and Lucy. But that whole, if you Specifically like, Linus and if Lucy. If you like jazz, oh, that album yes. is amazing. Oh, good grief. Which I like it, jazz, so it's, it's, it's a good jazz album. Uh, but this is, and, and again, people think this is the Peanuts theme. The song no, is actually called Linus and Lucy. Yep. This is their theme. And I mean, this particular album—it's you know—you're in love, Charlie Brown, Peppermint Patty, The Great Pumpkin Waltz. It's a lot of stuff, and a lot of other people have made albums based off his work. Yeah. David Brubeck mm-hmm. did a lot of stuff. Um, Wit Marsalis did a cover of Vince Guaraldi songs for and all for um, um, Peanuts. So the, the, there was like "You're on the Moon," Charlie Brown was all Dave Brubeck music, but they're all riffs on Vince Guaraldi and. Um, 
this is really kind of my big introduction to jazz, and this is and just it, this, it, it's, it's a it's good funky jazz at that. Yeah. And yeah. It, he's a really good piano player. It's it's I just I just like it. I uh, just like they're, it. They're, and it reminds me of my childhood watching Peanuts on the television. Oh, so all right. So that was Brian's number four. Are we handing? Are we handing? Are we handing it to Todd? To Todd? Todd has to come and actually speak into are, the microphone. Are we, we going to do this? All right. Okay. I only, actually only have three, so this is my third. So do we want to just so wait till we get to number three? three then? All right. We're going to wait till three. All right. So I'm going to. He gets off the hook for now. All right. I'm actually going to grab this okay. back from Brian, okay. and um, we're going to head over to Dez next. All right. Yes. Are we are we allowed to use albums that aren't actually released as albums? I'm just kidding. Well, sure. everything ever recorded by Shel Silverstein. No, I'm just kidding. <laughs> Uh, I have a couple of those. Those are awesome. I'm sorry. If you've not listened to Shel Silverstein, oh, cuss into the microphone. You, re- you really need to do it. That's not really. Oh, he wrote, uh, didn't he write? No. You are aware that Shel Silverstein wrote. Out. He wrote Where the Sidewalk Sue. Ends. No, I'm no, aware. No, musically, didn't he write like a boy named Sue or something? Yes. Yeah, he, yeah. we just talked about it. He, yeah, he wrote, he wrote, a, wrote a, boy a boy named, named Sue. Sue. Yeah, the, that guy. Yeah. Like, we know him for the Sarah Sylvia Cynthia Yes, Where the, the, the Sidewalk Ends. I mean, have you ever seen he also wrote uh, The Giving Tree, didn't he? Yes. Yeah, he yeah, wrote he the did. entry. I mean, but most people my age, like, we grew up in elementary school having Shel Silver, Silverstein books around. Yeah. And it was so cutesy. And you see a picture of him, and he looks like Charles Manson. He yes, looks like he a does. Serial he, he no, is. You, the worst is you need to read Uncle Shelby's ABZ book. And there is a poem in there called Hole, which there's a drawing of a hole that when you open the page, you cannot mistake for a giant penis. Oh. <laughs> It's just a giant penis. That's all it is. What's your top five, Des? My number five is the only um, album on my list that really sounds like a Daniel Zisco album. And it's also my only album from the 1990s. And that is the original Broadway cast recording of The Who's Tommy. Because frankly speaking, that particular Broadway cast recording fixed a lot of musical problems that exist in The Who's Tommy that... I don't think the Who knew were there. Pete Townsend was actually very much involved with the creation of that musical. Mm-hmm. Um, I, I love, I love Tommy. I love the musical. I would love to do the musical because it's just weird enough that could be really fun. Yeah, you need a cast of thousands. Though. You do. It's a cast and, of that, but it's a great and, show. And uh, space huge enough to hold it all. Tommy, too, yeah. the Who's Tommy, the Southwestern College production in San Diego, has one of my favorite effects, lighting effects of all time. Oh. During the, the the hospital scene when they're trying Let to figure out Let me do Brian's finish. Why? Well, During the hospital scene when they're trying what? to figure out when they're trying to figure out what's wrong with him, the stage yeah. is bathed in yellow light. Right. Okay. And it is I mean it's frantic, but it's bathed in like yellow light. And as the song um, starts to kind of calm down a little bit, you know. Clearly, you're not a lighting designer. It's amber light, but No, yeah. no, it was it's yellow. <laughs> it was actually yellow light. The light changed to just a general, not even a wash, just right. like general like White light. White, white light. The entire set was white. All of the nurses and doctors were in yellow costumes that matched the same color as the cool. light. And so as it changed, their costumes didn't change, but the whole set changed color. I was like, that was one of the reasons yeah. why I'm like, I want to do lights. That's amazing. <laughs> I loved it. I, I, again, it's one of those things as a director, I'm like, yeah. Oh, holy shit! I just have goosebumps. Like I can, I don't need a woman anymore. That was amazing. Like it, 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 it was, <laughs> no it was great. So anyway, Dan's Dan. life is very sad. Yeah. I just want to share. Okay. No, I like it as an album. I think it's a yeah. good album. Yeah. Hey, and there are there are some songs in the Who's Tommy that are kind of 
they don't really have like an up feel to them that in the musical they do have an up feel to them yeah. and it improves the entire scope of the musical and like the who's tommy when i first heard it is my idea of we actually tried to do a gene wilder version of willy wonka as a stage musical hmm that's kind of what the who's tommy is. yeah yeah it's good. I'm actually queuing up one of Williams before we go on to myself. But what we are going to do is, since we've gone through the His first round. music isn't good. Since, we, since we've gone through the first round, we're actually, actually going to do. in New York at the time that the that Tommy was playing. Mm-hmm. I didn't go and see it because, you know, Broadway's expensive. It and is. I had to choose which per- ones I wanted to see. That particular show was so, exceptionally expensive. Yeah. And so I went to see Once on this Island instead, mm-hmm. which was a brilliant show also oh, oh, it's all other things, so um, yeah. I, I did throw out to some of our Twitter followers and Facebook followers what what their top five albums are and I actually got this uh, I got one we also we also didn't do honorable mentions well, well we're gonna do honorable mentions before we go to number one um, that's a weird place to do honorable that's mentions. fine that's fine there's nothing wrong with that well, one. that's 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 a place to do it this is very weird because you'd sort of gloss over them saying yeah here's one that you should listen to too and no I know but I like at the beginning I can understand before you get into the list because um, then it becomes a top eight list at that point so no I agree (laughs) but so first is to be in the top ten music I still cannot believe that I did not include the Princess Bride on my top ten list and well yeah but okay see but did I put that one in none of us did the Princess Bride oh none of us did Chad did it should be um, but like that's uh, we when we did the top ten movies, mm-hmm. we each of us approached the the list with kind of a different idea as to how you do a top ten list. When I did my list, yeah. I very much went like I want one kind of buddy movie, and I want one very suspense movie, and I want one coming of age movie. And other people chose different kind of. I just um, chose my best the movies that I like the most. Yes, and, and there's nothing wrong with no. that. But because of that, it's kind of like That's Princess Bride horror movies in there didn't make it on some list because we specifically did that thing where yeah. it's like amongst that genre, it's the number two in that yeah. genre. It was definitely on my short list. Yeah, I mean, like I think on my list, Clue replaced it. Mm, I would, I do the Princess Bride over Clue. But at any rate, all right, well, on. so then you know what? You suck. <laughs> what I was going to say is... And you have no taste. So we threw it out We threw it out my there. My movie has oh Tim Curry. Oh, my God. Both of you, shut the fuck my up. My movie has Carrie Elvis. Dan, shut the fuck up. Dan, stop pretending like you're in control. Shut the, the fuck system. up. We, I, I, okay, it's 25 minutes and we've got through one fucking thing. Shut up. Um, we threw it out to our Twitter followers, and I'm going to go through a few of these as, as we round Robin. Um, I did get but one... Dan. I swear to God, Desmond. Um, uh, we got the first one we got was actually from Amy, um, Amy Whalen at Cult- uh, at Amy K Whalen. She used to be at Culture Babble. Um, she is sometimes on the History of Bad Ideas podcast. She said George Jones live at the Possum, which I'm not familiar with. I don't know that one. George Jones, that's country. Yeah, I haven't heard that one. Okay. I mean, I, I know I, I, I know can, country from like I hanging out with my dad, but it's a good can't show. Hear you unless you're talking to the Mike Todd. Yes, I mean, that's classic country. He's dead. He's dead. All He's right. Dead. So, Amy, one of her top five albums is uh, George Jones live. You know, at you the know Boston. what? If you're going to judge based on who's dead, my list is very bad. <laughs> <laughs> I swear to God, one of these days, Shel Silverstein's dead. Yes, he is. <laughs> All right. All right. Most um, of my list most, is dead, and most of the Beach Boys are dead, aren't they? No, most of them. Brian most Wilson. Of them. Brian Wilson will never die. <laughs> Ever. It doesn't matter uh, what you do to him. Yeah, yeah, number never, four. Now my number, number four. four. Um, I mentioned that uh, I mentioned earlier that the Pet Sounds was based off of Rubber Soul. It was inspired by Rubber Soul, and in fact, and that is number four. Not because of that, but that actually is my number four. 
Rubber Soul, 1965, The Beatles. I found this album because of number one fan, Brett. Um, we were childhood friends, and he was listening to this album, and he was, you know, your kids. I'm like, oh, what are we going to do? Or, like, you know, we're hanging out. And it's a great, as I've gotten older, it's actually a really good album. Um, Drive My Car, Norwegian Wood is on it, Girl, uh, Run For Your Life, The Word. Like, it, there's a lot of really good songs in this. And, again, it's, it reminds me of my childhood. Like, I will always remember, like, that one summer where we were listening to Rubber Soul for no good reason. We were, like, 11. I, I don't like, know enough do, about do, the Beatles do, do. Yeah. to be able to say where in the lineup this album fits. Is this early? This is after Help. It, that still doesn't help me because I don't know much is, about the Beatles. But it's before Sgt. Pepper, right? Yes, exactly. yes it is before. Okay, so and now, and that's my, my question it's is... It's before the White Album, isn't it? Yes. yes. In the timeline, throwing it, album names out me because I certainly I would know say all of the songs. Late I early, no. So it's it's late it's early, six, early mid. Sixty nine, sixty five. They're done by seventy two. Yeah, late early, early mid. So it's it's after they have become. Oh my! It's screaming. Yeah, constantly. Yeah. They found and the they're sitar. actually found. A musical style. I love how Dan puts that. Is that. Now they theirs. found the sitar, but yeah. this is before they've gone completely drug-addled. Yes. Basically, yes, right. yeah, and that's why it's a really good album. It's, I mean, the drug-addled stuff is good, but it's very different, and this is kind of a nice transitional so it's, album. They're mature, but not over themselves. Exactly. Exactly. Interesting side note. So this inspired Pet Sounds, and the Beatles turned around and went, "This Pet Sounds album is amazing," and they wrote Sgt. Pepper's. This inspired Pet Sounds, which inspired Sgt. Pepper's, which is it's just again it's kind Peppers of amazing. Sgt. Pepper's is my favorite Beatles album, and it's a great. I mean, it's it, and Sgt. Pepper's is Rolling Stone's number one album of all time. It's a, it's a great one. It's a great album. It's not there. My number four is Rubber Soul by the Beatles. All right, I'm going to see if I can do pull this thing up for Will here. William. William. Oh no! Numero no. Did you break it? No, it just it didn't stay. We don't <sighs> we don't need it. Continue. Because <laughs> Will can talk about the album, I can. No, I'm, I'm just, I'm just gonna pull it up real quick. Dan does it. not want us to be nine hours, apparently. Yeah, he, he, he did top five list with multiple people. That's, that's, no, that's, that's still that's drive that's my still car. Yeah, I was like, wait, that's not right. Yeah, we'll just begin. Yes, just talk, Will. Okay, so first concert I ever went to, ever. Yes. Uh, in 1997, uh, when I was still in high school. Uh, was a buddy uh, had had given me this album, and it was it, it's one of those kind of life changing albums you, you hear. We were talking about this before. Um, did, did I get it? Yeah, you got it there right. There we go. Um, the album is called Anima. It's by Tool. Tool's Anima. I don't know a lot of Tool. Yeah, and so and, and the theme of I, I realized that I was an going, incredible Tool. <laughs> oh. <laughs> Dan, oh, wow. I'm, I'm wow. not positive. Wow. My waveform. Oh. Dan, I'm not positive, but I think they call that a burn. Burn. <laughs> Yeah, as I was going through, I realized the theme of the ones I picked were bands. It's never their debut album. It's the one where they came into their own. Yeah, that's and sort of differentiated themselves from from something else. So Tool comes out in '92 uh, with like an EP, then uh, or even maybe earlier that uh, they release uh, a full album, Undertow, which you know Sober from. Yes, I do. Sober's know like word. probably the most famous song. Comes out on that one, and right around then they're attracting a lot of um, you know it's being classified as metal. They're but getting, it's not really. No, they're they're attracting meatheads. They're attracting skinheads, uh, which they don't want at their at their concerts. Yeah, because it's not that kind of. I mean, it's not really that kind of music. I mean, and '96 is when it changes with this album, and it becomes a much more sort of artistic, progressive rock. I think is the best. Progressive, yeah, that's what I would give it. That's, progressive, it's progressive it's rock. not math rock, but it's really interesting rock. with the math. I mean, there's a song on this album that you know, like you have your sort of standard four by four measures or whatever. 4-4 four, four time. Yeah, 4-4 four, four time. They've got one that's in 7-11. Oh, 
That's amazing. Yeah. I love that. In the next album, they- and Brian, the musical leader, uh, made the, the master's degree notes? in music. Yeah, yeah, yeah. and eleventh. <laughs> the notes. next album, they did one where the lyrics, the then- syllables, and the lyrics followed the Fibonacci sequence. See, I love shit like that. So I'm, and, and, I, I, I'm trying to figure out how how you would notate an eleventh note. <laughs> I'll play it for you later. There, there, there's no reason to have it in seven eleven. Just make it in seven eight. Because that way you have a note that you can physically write on the page. And it's, it, they're faking it. There's so, a pause. Yeah. Um, but, um, yeah, no, the, and so this is the first thing I get dragged to. And it's it's definitely on the hard rock side, but it's artistic. They, they sort of break it on MTV because they have these crazy dark claymation, uh, what do you call it, stop animation videos that catch everybody's attention that one of the guitarists actually made. Um, that sort of pulled people in. But this album, when you have those albums where you don't have a miss... You know, like you yeah. have albums where, like, even uh, in the over uh, in the aeroplane over the sea, first six are great, last six is okay. There's no misses on the album. Yeah, I love that. Uh, I love they're one, one of those bands, album. though, that it's if you get a six minute song, it's going to be one of the the, the short ones. Okay. They're going to write you like 10, 11 minute kind of songs. Yeah. That sort of. Have well, it. like like on the Guitar Hero, like the Tool section is like, I'm still playing this. Why am I still playing yeah. this? Because they're like 14 minute songs. You're like, yeah. Oh, Jesus Christ. Um, but it's. It's definitely worth uh, worth checking, checking out. Tool. It's uh, how do you say it? Anima. Okay, so it's anima. Anima. Yeah. No, here's the other thing about the band. They are the type who will write music that's about. Um, they'll get into some sort of weird intellectual theory that you've never heard of, and you have to look up. Like sort of the Decemberists will do this sort yes. of references to crazy things. You have to look up what they're talking about, and it's weird, odd sort of stuff that you learn about. But at the same time, they're doing it with a wink and a nod, and half the you know, and the rest of the jokes are uh, you know, the rest of the songs are jokes that people aren't getting. And so you know, the the album title is uh, is on. It's really just Anima. We're using that weird AE you know letter at the beginning, like exactly encyclopedia. Yeah, encyclopedia. Encyclopedia. Yeah, except um, that it's still pronounced encyclopedia. <coughs> it's just British. Yeah, uh, but Maynard, the the main guy from Tool, eventually goes on to do a Perfect Circle, or Pucifer, if you know that. He used to do a lot of Mr. Show with Bob and Dave. He now is basically living in Arizona, uh, making wine. Oh, as as one does. Yeah. So all right. Anyway, that's all I got. All right, Brian's up next for his number four. Okay, so let's just we'll do this one. And I still can't hear it. You gotta turn because it up. Because I gotta turn it up. You yep. gotta tell me when you're gonna start it. Madonna, I know this already. Madonna. The Immaculate Collection. See, we were debating. We were debating whether or not to add uh, greatest hits on there, and I thought, you know what? I don't consider reason, that an album, but there, Des there, brought up a really good point. There, that I, if there's I, new I, content, yes, like Rock and, and Roll Soul Part One. Yeah, there was new content on this album. Who knows? But the also thing is that th- this album really kind of represents not only her bit for the thing but the you talk about bubblegum pop and coming you into, into the that you can see the evolution yeah, of, of the Madonna. way that she works and of what music was doing in pop music at the time That's how it starts yeah. off with this happy happy you know you're my lucky, my lucky star, star. Lucky holiday star. and all that sort of stuff and then it starts getting into things like Vogue and Justify My Love and it's it's the, the development of the music, I think, just listening to the whole thing, starting, you can, it's all the same person, it's still the same artist, and you you can see how this one leads into that one, leads into that one, true. through a musical a stylistic. I mean, it, it, and, it, it, and it, it represents a, a decade, it represents a, a, a long period of time of music, and so, yeah. I just I, love the fact that we've been able to switch from the 
from the Beach Boys to Tool to Madonna so like <laughs> seamlessly. Boom. Just wait. Boom. And George right. Jones. That's that's all right. Just wait. Just wait. Right. Yeah, it gets worse. So that was Brian's number four. That's awesome. Um, I love it. Marilyn right. Monroe face. It's, it's on to me, right? Yeah, I don't think I I, I have you. We're not at three yet. Right. Well, the num my number four is not the the greatest live recording ever. It's not even the the greatest live recording on my own list. But it is the concert I most wish I was present at. And that is Frank Sinatra and Count Basie, Live at the Sands in 66. See if I can get that. Which is the single greatest live Frank Sinatra recording ever. I've heard you. We, you played that for me. Oh, yeah. I mean, complete, it, uh, complete with at least 35 minutes of Frank monologuing and destroying the Rat Pack. Just destroying them. Because when, 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 did, when did he do this concert? I think it was 66. 66. 66 it's about right. Things started to change a little bit for them at that point. You're a mean drunk, man. <laughs> Frank. Frank was never a mean drunk. It's not a song about a lady. It's a song about a pair of dice. Lady dice. dice. Yeah. Um, they call just, you just remember, Dan, that, you know, at Dean Martin's house, you never have any liquor after dinner. Why not? Of course, you have dinner at 3 a.m. Yeah, but other than that. <laughs> and that's why the lady is a tramp. Yeah. No, it's... Back when musical theater songs were sung by popular singers. Yeah, exactly. When, Although, when you listen, One Night in Bangkok. <laughs> that's the last one that was sung by a popular person. Anyway, when you listen... When you listen to this two-album LP, even though you're listening to it on a, a, a record player in an age when record players are dead, regardless, though, you, you are transported for a brief moment back into the past of Vegas to watch Frank give this performance. It is it is a an audio performance that goes beyond the scope of what your ears hear. That's amazing. Like I, it's a you describing it to me makes me want to go out and immediately listen to it. You should go go and download it right now. If you can find it on LP, better. But if not, download it on iTunes. It really does give you the impression that you're sitting in the house more than any other live recording I've ever I've ever listened to. And there are live recordings out there with better sound curtains, where like they did a better job of locating the yeah the band. But this one, you you feel Frank controlling the audience. That it's his show. Yeah. And that that you're there to see Frank Sinatra specifically. And it's just, it's a phenomenal live recording. It may be, it's hard to say since it's not the number one live recording on my list, but it may be the best live recording ever recorded. Yeah. All right. Cool. Well, we're going we're gonna, to we're gonna go back to the... Uh, Moving on. We're going to go back to the... Number the, three. The people at home. I didn't uh, realize it was Brian. I thought you were playing that. I was like, that was really good. That was really good. <laughs> the, uh, you, you just clip that right there and use that. <laughs> like, make that a little, like, just a little, like, sound bite that we can use all the time, because it was great. Number three. Um, Moving we're, on. We're gonna, we're, on. We are going to go back on. to the people at home. Um, this one actually comes from Randall Holt, uh, at RJHolt66. Um, he basically gave me five albums. His top five albums are Cheryl Crow's self-titled album. Uh, Dolores is, is that the title of it? Yeah, Self-titled self album. Yeah, um, <laughs> is that the one with All I Want to Do? I think so. Yeah, that, that actually is a pretty good. Song. I do like All I Want to Do. Um, yeah. Dolores uh, O'Riordan. 
Riordan? Riordan. Anybody listening? I'm not familiar with that one. Don't, I don't know that. Um, Pink Floyd, Wish You Were Here. Okay. Um, Queen Strike, Rage for Order. Queen's I don't know Reich. what the hell that is. Uh, Queen's Reich? Queen's yeah. Reich, yeah. Oh, 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 oh. Yeah, I know what that is. And then last but... I, I wish I didn't. Sorry. <laughs> <laughs> La- Whoa, that was... La- last Last but not least, uh, Iron Maiden's Possessive. Oh, wow. Yeah. That is such a weird... How does somebody have Iron Maiden and Sheryl Crow? I'm going to respect that fact alone. <laughs> <laughs> that you, like, that's like if I put Jewel right in right after Tool. Like... Just the, the contrast a, is amazing. A jewel tool. A jewel tool. Yeah. Uh, a, a, yeah. A jewel. A jewel tool. You know that one po- That one where she just read her poems. <laughs> um, all right. So I guess we're back yeah. on to me. Uh, we are back on to my you. number three album. Um, number this three. is this is number three. <sighs> this is an album that is just I just like. There's just, there's no well, yes. This that's why it's in the top five. It's because you like it. I can put this album on. It's, it may not be everybody's favorite album, but I could put this album on. I'm instantly transported back to high school and to early college. And I was actually re-listening to my top five at work, and I threw this on, and I was rocking out. I was just drumming at my desk, and my, my employees were like, what the fuck are you doing? Let's see if anybody gets it. It's... Oh, I know. Yeah, William knows. I know it right away. Yeah, just by that guitar thing. This is... Bush's 16 Stone. Bush is the is the artist. 95. 94. 94? 94, I think, is where it came out. Uh, maybe 95. Might no, be it's ni- close. Might, might, no, no, no. I think you're right. I think it's 95. Um, Bush's 16 Stone. I found this album originally because when you're in high school, you do stupid shit like this, but there's a track on this album called Glycerin, which most people probably know. That yeah. was my breakup song with my first girlfriend. Aww. It's a great song. And then, and then a few years later, like I had heard a few more of their singles, and I was actually out with a girl, and we were waiting for a movie, and we were sitting in the movie theater. Now they play music before the movie starts. I'm like, this is, these are all, I love all these songs. She's like, they're just playing 16 Stone. Haven't you heard this album? And I'm like, I think I actually have this album. Like, I got one of, like, <laughs> like one of those Columbia House deals that, like, I never, and I threw it, I threw it in, and I'm like, it must have been like maybe 19, 20. I threw it in, and I'm just like, I love every single thing on this album, and it instantly transports me back to that moment in time. The track you're listening to now is the op- is the opening track to the album. It's called Everything Zen. Yeah. Um, it's a great Have album. Have you seen the video? No. 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 Oh, it's the best start. And so it, it, and I remember the first time I saw it, I was like, I'm going to like this band. Because it opens up, and it's just a... If you had a camera looking up at a building, almost silhouetted, just so you see the, 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 the angle of the, the corners coming together... And that opening doo 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 doom yeah yeah goes yeah, off. and all the birds fly off of the building at that point, and it's just such a cool like set of imagery. I was telling Dan earlier, this is when I owned on cassette tape, right at the death of cassette tapes. Oh my god! Yeah, but now I had it's a it's a post Nirvana like the people are still trying to hold grunge together, and they go out and find this British band with instead of having the grungy lead singer. They find this good-looking guy. Yeah, Gavin Rossdale's good-looking British up, guy. Ends is... up marrying Gwen Stefani. Um, Randomly. <coughs> but as, yeah, there as, were, one, as one does. There were no, four. I, I'm pretty sure they knew each other. They didn't just they show up tour. to uh, an altar and find the person. Yeah, yeah. Yeah. No. Who wants to marry a rock star? Yeah, they ended up on <laughs> tour, which is the weirdest thing to think of. Bush, who's, yeah, it's, it's, it's straight 90s alternative. And they've on tour with no doubt. Don't speak. Yeah, right. And no, they up, yeah, they end up getting married after uh, that. Well, you know, but, yeah, good for them. There were four... Completely legit singles that everybody would know off that album. Yeah, absolutely. No, it's, and it's, what were you saying? It's, it's you a good album, but unfortunately, Dan, your album makes me think of American Werewolf in, in Paris. In Paris, a mouth song. Yeah, with, with Tom Everett Scott. That's uh, what you brought to my mind. Okay, 
That like, was on a follow up. Like the machine. There's a song called Machine Head on there. That's just like. Although, although, time out. That is one of the. That's a a fantastic riff. Yeah, it's great. If you aren't sold on that riff, you you don't like rock music. Dan Zisco style offshoot. Julie Dupie, really hot. I feel like I know that name. The French girl from American World. Oh, absolutely. Paris. Yes, yes. Uh, yeah, yes. There's okay. that scene where she's trying to distract him and she takes yes, off her shirt. Absolutely. Yeah. Uh, 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 so, never mind. I'm not going to finish that thought. All right. That was my number three. Um, Bush is 16 stone. I'm going to turn it in before Sunrise, which is a really great movie. I'm going to turn this next over to Will. Will. All right. You got something queued up. That depends. What is your album? Are we good? Yeah. All right. Uh, the album is OK Computer by Radiohead. I I, I, I don't know a lot of Radiohead. <sighs> so I queued this up yeah, for There's you. two people, and there's two kinds of people in the world. People who love Radiohead and people who don't. And people uh, who are wrong. There's nobody in between. Those um, people are wrong. Those of us who don't really know Radiohead. No, I'm not saying I don't. I haven't listened to a lot of Radiohead. I don't know if, I don't know if I like them or not. Yeah, so what? Ha- so it's a it's a British band. They pop out in the early '90s, right around the same time that grunge is is going. And their first two albums are sort of playing along badly. Uh, and the song you would know from those first two albums is "Creep." I know creep. "Creep." I do know "Creep." I'm a creep. I'm a weirdo. Yeah. it's not a great song, but it's still the one that is still on the radio. But it's the one that hit. Creep. Yeah, and it's not representative of them at all. Because <laughs> that's why it hit. Yeah, well, yeah. Was, Think about it. It was the one that caught they're, people's attention. They're probably an amazing band, and they had this song that didn't sound anything like anything else, and they're like, that one. And, and, and like well, the no, band's going like, fuck. It sound, no, no, it sounded like them at the time. It's just that their sound, they completely abandoned the we're going to try to blend in with the 90s and they're rock gonna do, band They're going to do the, their own thing. So OK Computer comes out around, uh, I want to say around 96, 97. Um, and if you get into later Radiohead, they almost abandoned... Uh, the entire concept of a band in terms of, you know, you have your guitar and you have your bass guitar and your drummer and your singer, your standard rock band. And it becomes very computerized and digital, um, eventually drum machine sort of thing. This was sort of the transition. and To their later... Yeah, like they're, this still, is like, yeah. they're still a band, but it hasn't quite gone electronic entirely. Uh, and it's uh, fairly epic. The most famous song off it that people know is Karma Police. Okay. Um, that that one's been around. Paranoid Android is the one that you were hearing. Yes. Which is uh, they tried to release as the first single, and it had a little animated video for it that was kind of cool. I was watching the video on, on on the YouTube. Yeah, but it's one of those like you're trying to sell this as a single to people. It's seven minutes long and it doesn't have a chorus. And it's one of the. Be- it's never going to work. It will never work. But it's one of the best songs you'll ever hear. And it's named <laughs> Paranoid Android, which was who. Our Marvin the Martian, uh, Marvin, Marvin the Mar- Paranoid Android yes. from, from Hitchhiker's Guide to the, the Galaxy, and it has little computerized like Newton voice um, representing him at little various points, very very subtly in the background. Um, <clears throat> but yeah, it, when you have that sort of, you weren't something great before, you weren't really all that amazing after. I mean, it's good, but not really amazing after. We had one album where you really clicked, and it was really amazing. That's the one, and I've never gotten to see him in concert. I'm hoping maybe they'll come back around, but. Um, that's all I got on that one. Listen to listen to more radio. It's a, it's also when I mentioned Neutral Milk Hotel and the acquired taste on the voice. Same thing. Tom York Same is thing. the probably the worst example of an acquired taste. It's a whiny, shrill like you should never have been allowed to a sing for a band. Yeah, but the voice at that point becomes an instrument. Yeah, and and it works within the rest of the musicality of the band. Right, you have to make it fit and sort of listen to it long enough that like coffee or beer you get there. 
Sounds good. All right, moving on to Brian's okay. number number three. three. So turn it up because I want to make sure that it's All actually right, it's up. up so that it'll actually go off. It's up. Really? Yep. Okay, I got to ask this. Yeah. In other words, it's a great show. This, this, is, the, this is the original and Broadway that's, And cast. that's my question. What about the original Broadway cast of the album, besides the fact that it's a great show and it's a great yeah. story, what is it about the album that... It's because this this show was filled... And by the way, Into the Woods, original this, Broadway yeah, cast. Yes, this is the original Broadway cast of Into the Woods. It was filled with Broadway people who understood Broadway music. It's, it's Stephen Sondheim... He's he's a difficult yes. uh, piece of music. To say the very you, least. you really need to understand musicality, and and I'm not saying that Anna Kendrick or or Meryl Streep or anything because Meryl Streep was did one of the very first Sondheim shows ever, The Frogs, when he was still at uh, Yale, and so there's that. But this show in particular is all about story all about telling a story through that music and understanding your words and being able to do that. And they found a brilliant cast. Uh, Todd and I got to see the uh, uh, anniversary. They got, they got, the, cast, they got they, the whole cast back together. Back together. Who, anyone who was still alive to get together and it was up at the Sagerstrom in Orange County to just talk about what it was like to do Into the Woods and be in this production. And they still had their voices and it was brilliant. That's it was good. just brilliant. Brian, Brian's not wrong. No, Bri- if, if there's a Sondheim on your list, this should be it. This is the one that the should be I, I kind of agree. I kind of agree with that. Now, I say this as a general Sondheim fanatic just in general. There's a lot of really good Sondheim out there. But um, to get into Sondheim, this is one of his more accessible shows. Yes, and I, it's, I'm, it's not, not, I'm not a, a Sondheim fanatic. Yeah, I'm I not disagree with that completely. I'm a massive Broadway fanatic. But if, if, if there's a Sondheim on your list, this is the best well, recording the, they've made. Because in the music, the music is still exceedingly complex. But the story that's on top of it and the way that it's being performed Formed allows you to get into it. A lot of his other stuff, he just throws you into this music, yes. and you're st- you try to listen to Passion without being a Sondheim person, you're just lost. That's why it's, I like Merrily. Yeah, so, Merrily yeah. does that, and Merrily's another I, I, one I, of those. That's, that's very that's, easy to get into. I it's, think. It, but the concept of the music. If you can't handle the thing, no, it's going backwards. It's starting at the end and going backwards towards the beginning. <laughs> It's hard to do that stylistically as a story, and so that's why it did not do very, very well, because people are looking at this going, I don't get it. But the music inside, Franklin Shepard, Inc., is one of my favorite songs. It's a great song. I mean, everything in Merrily is amazing. I'm just going to say, this particular version of Into the Woods has beautiful sound design. Yeah, yeah. The, The individual realized that, yes, you're recording this studio, but it needs to feel like you're in the house. Mm-hmm. And, and it has that, that re- reverb where it's sitting in the house, even though you're not recording in the house. You're just not. And it has one of my favorite sound effects in it. At the top of Act 2, when the earthquake happens and the giant's going through and everything is falling around, if you listen, there's a crowbar bouncing around in the background. <laughs> there's this little... It's just, yes. All right, so that was your number three. That's number three. Are, are you going to hand the mic over? I can hand it over to Todd. We, 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 we are now at number three. Todd will now have two microphones. By the way, no, my third choice is actually George Winston's December. 
I am not familiar with George Winston. George Winston December. is basically new age piano. And his version of Pachelbel's Canon in D Major is probably my all-time favorite song. Let me see what I can do here. And um, I first heard this album when I was in Phoenix. It is, it is very much a Christmas album. And it took me to a cabin in the Rockies with the snow falling. It just, it just, just took music, me the, there. The, the musicality the music, of it. The musicality itself. of it just took me. I'm trying to, to a load whole it up for place. you. I really, really it's am. Quite all right if you. We know, may have that to, is my third choice. This may have to be. I think it's going to be an insert song here. All right. Um, in fact, I will put Pachelbel's Canon, the his Pachelbel's Canon, on the podcast. Variations for you. of Pachelbel's Canon. I will yes. put that on there under underscoring this whole thing for you, um, which is weird because people listening to this are going to be hearing it as I'm talking about putting it on there, and we've kind of gone into Inception. There you go. That'll work. Inception, I which know, was on I the know movie's this list. Song. Yes, you know this song. Yeah, I yeah. know this. I song. know this. Pachelbel's greatest hit. <laughs> this is one of that'll, that, that'll, that, all right, George Winston. That, that, that'll, George Winston. That'll work. All and right, that is my number three. I'll take it. I'll take it. Know, Des, we're gonna move on to your number three. Todd kind of broke the podcast. Because Why? My number three is the most boring thing on my list. <laughs> And that was all beautiful and like <laughs> music. It, it it brought me to a location, and here I am talking about the fact that my number three is "Back in Black" by ACDC, which dun, don't get me dun, wrong, dun, dun, dun. is a phenomenal <laughs> album because it has every single ACDC that song you know that I like and that most people know on one album, which is like unheard of. Um. Really, the Trevor Hoffman. Uh, yeah, that's the only one I had from Back in Black. We're from San Diego, Damn, the dude. Correct response, and we're from San Diego. The correct response is, "You rock me all night long." Okay, but we're from San Diego. That's the best song. Will's right. Album. Yeah. So for those who aren't familiar, uh, so Mariano Rivera for the Yankees, people knew he would enter to enter Sandman yes. when he yes, would come yes. in. So uh, Trevor Hoffman yes. started this. Star cl- closer. Yep. Major amazing closer yeah. for the San, Diego Padres. the San Diego Padres. The closer comes into a music is Trevor Hoffman. And the minute that we made it into the World Series, the next year we traded him away. Yeah, but, like, but that's but, what the Padres but, do. But you knew it's like like the closers coming in, and you'd hear the bells. The bells, yeah. and it was just like, and like fuck. No, and I mean like it's one of those things where this is a classic album. I don't like ACDC. This is a classic I, album, I, I, I and agree. those bells are just tingles, man. It's like Trevor Hoffman's uh-huh. coming. I've got, I've got and you goosebumps. Know, I've game, got goosebumps because, and I appreciate that album. I think it's a good album to put on here. The game is won. Yeah, you're done. Trevor's coming in. Done and done. Yep. Done and it's, done. I mean, like there are there are few albums where you sit down and go, "There's like." Nothing I, that that band does that I like that isn't on this album, and this is one of those few albums. But it is boring because it's ACDC. But it's but <laughs> but if you like it, Des, there's no reason not to. No, I don't disagree. But it, this is like me going, the Beatles, the White Album. <laughs> Australia. But there's is a reason it? why people like no, those I, albums. I don't so. disagree. But like this is like of all of my choices, this is the boring hey, one. Hey, I chose Madonna. <laughs> so there you go, Jimi um, Hendrix. Are you experienced? I'm, I'm going to throw out a couple. We did we did a few more uh, uh, people who had said yeah. yes. We yes. should do this. And again, so the first one I'm actually going to throw out there was Nickel, uh, Nickel gave us something by the Osmonds, right? No, but if he likes it, that, is that, is that can, a Canadian They're playing thing? Canada here thing. in town for three years. Number one show. <laughs> Woo-hoo. Um, Donnie and Marie. Jason Breaker from Wait, Time Out. Do you know that I actually saw Donnie Osmond do EFX like four Thank times? You. 
EFX. Yeah, the oh the, the yes the yeah, the old the, yeah the the pseudo magic show that uh, Michael Crawford started. Yeah, yes. No, I think I saw. Him I saw it. Before. It was always. I will say this. I'm not I a saw, Danny Osmond fan. I saw I, him I do Joseph and the Amazing Technicolor Dreamcoat. Yeah. Wait, you saw him in EFX? You said yes, like two or three times. Wow. And I love. Oh my seeing God. people who really love someone that much. Get drawn on stage. I, I just yeah. I, like I don't have that with Donny Osmond. Yeah. But I'm like watching it. I'm like going, your world is being made right now. Yeah. And I'm happy that I'm here to witness it. Yeah. I have never known anybody else who has ever seen that show. I no. saw it twice with Michael Crawford when it was at the MGM yeah. Grand and yeah. in the '90s. Yeah. Here's here's the sadness. I've seen the EFX show at like MGM three times with Donny Osmond. Oh my God. And. When Starlight Express was here, I saw Starlight Express five times. Okay, so I saw, I saw I Starlight, Starlight Express, Express once. At the I, Las I Vegas saw Hilton. the original Starlight Express in London, and then I saw it over at the Hilton when it was there. And it was just like, oh, I mean, it's nice, but the London one was so much oh, I better. Imagine. No, but so, imagine yeah. you're yeah. 14, and there's people yeah. roller skating into the audience. Yeah. I mean, that's amazing. when you're 14, that's amazing. That's yeah. amazing. Oh, that's one of the reasons that I love Vegas. I mean, as, as I've said many, many times, I used to live in Vegas. And it was like, how on earth do you live in Vegas? I said, well, you don't live downtown. But the nice thing about Vegas is when you live in Vegas, it's right there. And when something happens, like EFX or Starlit Express or something like that, okay, we're going to go and see it. And then 15 minutes later, we're back home. And you get to see it. So mm -hmm. Let's go see it again. Let's go see it again. Let's go see it again. So my first concert, you were talking about the very first concert, <laughs> was when I was here in Las Vegas, Kenny Rogers. The gambler. Kenny Rogers was in town, and Mom mm -hmm. wanted to see him, and she didn't want to go alone, so she took me. Little Brian, you do you do not you got to know when to hold him, know when to fold him. <laughs> Which apparently this trip, I do not. I don't know any of that. I love it when okay. like, I love it when like I hit like I've got you know I I, I hit up to a twenty one, and the dealer's like, "Good job." I'm like, I did nothing. For, but thank you. I, I have to make a confession. If you've seen that Geico commercial that has, oh yeah. Made, <laughs> When I see that commercial, what? my response is, it's Commander Ford <laughs> from Sequest. Yes. Was he uh, on that show? He was on Sequest, yeah. Mainly, I look the, at him, I'm like, black guy, yeah. I'm like, oh, no, 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 Kenny Rogers, I mean, I look at him, I'm like, man, you've had a lot of plastic surgery. No, yeah. no, the, the black guy who, that's his story, right? Like, yeah. You know, it's, it's really old playing poker with Cody Rogers. That's Commander Ford from Sequest. Oh. Yeah, yeah. I yep. watched. Good him to know for, he's still getting work. I watched him for two seasons. I can't admit that I watched the third season, although I did bite on bootleg from from Comic Con at some point. Awesome. All right, so I am going to go. go. Uh, we're going to we're going to do a couple people did okay, actually. Number two, yes. So okay. this is the entire history of bad ideas. Um, so Jason Brigger, uh, one of the hosts of History of Bad Ideas, just said the Crow soundtrack. Oh, that's actually that's okay. That's a, yeah, that's I, can that. That. Yes. I can see that. Yeah, I can see that. That's a good soundtrack, but I'm going to go boo at the same time. Cause oh, why? Because if you were to pick so a soundtrack, from I like that this pick. era. Yes, you should pick the "In the Mouth of Madness" soundtrack. Because even though it's John Carpenter music, it's the most amazing heavy metal John Carpenter music ever written. I do like the Crow soundtrack. And you know, I the only, producer and I, of the Crow soundtrack. And yeah. I only say that because I spent that particular summer watching "In the Mouth of Madness" seventeen <clears throat> times and watching the Crow seventeen times. Because my friends were both working at a movie theater. I own the Crow soundtrack. I've never seen the Crow. Yeah, it's a great soundtrack. Trent Reznor. Good, it is a good soundtrack. That makes so much sense. Did the Crow soundtrack? That makes so much sense. Um, and then Jeff now, uh, also co-host of History of Bad Ideas. Um, they he likes exciting compilations and live albums. Simon and Garfunkel's Bridge Over Troubled Water. Oh yeah, bad one. yeah. Pink Floyd's The Final Cut. 
Eh. A Queen Strikes Operation? It's wow. Queen's, Queen's Reich, Reich, man. Is no it Queen, Operation Minecraft. No Queen Queen's Reich? Yes. And Pearl Jam's 10? Yep. Yep. Uh, Blue October Foiled, which I'm not familiar with. Yeah, I don't know that uh, one. I don't, I don't know, know that one. one. No. I don't know that one. All right, moving on to if my you number Pearl Jam's two. 10, you've, you weren't alive in the 90s. Moving on to my number two. This is now we get to the weird Dan obscure music. This is Brian. No, this is this. Yeah, same album. Um, This is Brian Wilson. Speaking of the Beach Boys, this is Brian Wilson um, from Bare Naked Ladies on their debut L. We got this argument on debut LP. Gordon. Okay, you say that like there's not like three EPs that have at yes, least nine tracks on them. But they're not, this is not, their debut album, and I'm putting that in air quotes, was Gordon. Gordon came out in 1994. I was introduced to this band by a gentleman by the name of David Lewis, uh, my good friend David Lewis, uh, also known as the Shoeless Whore. Uh, the whole story around that. Um, this album is incredible. Um, it opens with a song called Hello City, which is kind of this bluesy thing about mm-hmm. how much I hate everybody. Like, Going out sucks and it's the same every night to Enid, which is a song about a guy reminiscing about his like junior high high school girlfriend and all the things that went wrong. Dan, you don't have to defend this. Bit. It's, it's, the it's only good, problem with Brian this album Wilson is it doesn't have the best bare naked ladies song ever recorded, which, which is, is um, you can be my Yoko Ono. Is now that's on, on this album. one, is it? Yes, it is. Yes, it is. What do I know? Does this one have one week on it? No, it does not. Oh, um, this album. It, literally, I've listened to this album probably about 7,000 times. It's, this is one I of those albums album. that doesn't count as an album. Fuck you. Why not? Because they've why released not? so many EPs that have so many different songs on them that like the idea that this is their debut album is a joke. Well, it's yeah. Canada, so they want to impose on people so by releasing too many songs on You're complaining album. about yeah. the debut part, not the album no, part. No, yeah, just in general. Like the idea that, like, yeah, you know, yeah, this is this new band, Bare Naked Ladies, has been recording for a decade. Um, interesting side note, the, uh, the gentleman who's singing this song right now, Stephen Page, has actually quit the band. Um... A few years ago now, this is going on like three or four, maybe five years now, he quit the band. The band is still touring and still putting out albums. Um, and we saw them in concert recently, and his partner, there's, there's two guys who are really like the front mm-hmm. men. It was Stephen Page and Ed Robertson. Ed is now doing all the songs, including this one, which was really weird hearing somebody else sing it. this song, but he fucking rocked did it. You, did you go, your hair's too short, sir? I just it was just I was just like I'm like this is weird. Summing up bare naked ladies history, there's a guy with really short crew cut hair and there's a guy with really kind of like quaffy hair. Yeah. And the quaffy haired guy is gone and the short haired guy is and, left. And Robinson's still there. And Ed Robertson sings in my key, so all of his songs I can sing and I just love. But this is great. If you don't know anything about Bare Naked Ladies or you just remember them from like, oh, I remember Brian Wilson when it came out in the 90s when they were doing that one. We should just go get the rest of this album. This album is incredible. Enid is actually one of my favorite songs and it's never one of their hits. It's great. Listen, listen to that. Um, I'm you don't a- have to sell my wife. She loves them. Oh, she does? Yeah. Oh, that makes me happy. All right. I'm actually going to queue up a, a Will's thing here if I can get it. What's Will's number two? Well, let me see if I can queue it up. You'll first. know it. You'll, you'll know it if I can get it. Um, Why don't you tease it for me, man? Tease it. With the dulcet tones. Will, what's your number two? Number two. All right, let's see if we can get this. That sounds sexy. It's, 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 it's not normally sexy when you say number two. So here's the... Here's <laughs> the oh, wait, time out. Time He's out. got a point. For the audience at home, one of the reasons you're having all of this stuff happen is because for the first time, Daniel Zisco has provided us 
headphones. Headphones. Yeah, no, yeah, I got headphones and it's weird. I'm getting used to them though. Yeah, I, I actually, I actually pulled it up. You did. I did. Um, the, the the hotel internet is slightly slower than I'd like it to be. You pulled up a different song, but this is an excellent one too. Uh, oh, this is one you were pointing to. No, uh, but it's fine. Okay. Um, good song. Yeah, yeah, and it is a good song. It's not one of theirs. Almost none of the well. But it's from the same album. Half the songs on the album aren't there. Uh, Nirvana, uh, Unplugged in New York. Yeah. Yeah. Um, so I don't have to explain Nirvana. <laughs> it, like explaining. Neutral Are you hotel. sure? Yeah, it's 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 it's. Nirvana's I hear tell album. some of our audience is 16 years old. This was the album. Yeah, no, it's funny. My uh, my, my wife's niece uh, wears this Kurt Cobain shirt or whatever. She's 13. I was like, he was dead long before you were alive. She has no idea. <laughs> she has she she has no clue. <laughs> She's just pretty sure that it's cool. This is the album where people went. I don't know what the hell's going on here. Where Nirvana basically was like, oh. You can actually play instruments because yeah. before it was just you know loud electric guitar and so drums. Yeah, exactly. And then right. all of a sudden it was and like I you don't know. know. Right. What this I'm is. It's just, I mean, literally unplugged. That's the whole point of, of MTV's unplugged from back in the day. And you were like, shit, they can actually play. Yeah, this is your coming of age album uh, within six months of Kurt dying. Yeah. Uh, so uh, band debut is what eighty nine. Eighty nine. Nobody knows the album until they become famous and they go back and buy it. And it's not a great album. Uh, never mind. But never mind. Never, never mind. the obvious choice yeah. here. Never mind. Is we were talking about this yesterday. That's the album that changes music. Yeah, I, I agree. No, with you're that. right. We actually did talk about this. Never mind. And this is what I told Will. Never mind comes out, and at that point, I mean, it's early nineties, and it's like shitty hip hop. Not all of him. And there's like there, one of my honorable mentions actually comes from that time. But there's hey, like there's like hey, weird. Hey, Marky Mark and the Funky right? Bunch is and not like, shitty yeah, no. hip hop. And like <laughs> hair, hair bands are kind of dying, and pop is yeah, in a weird no. place. And then all of a sudden, Nevermind shows up. And my grandmother bought me. I think it was my grandmother. Somebody bought me Nevermind. And they sent me the cassette tape. Wait, time out. Did Dan just say his grandmother? His bought grandmother him? bought him. Somebody, Nirvana. somebody in my family you bought like me the, the naked baby on the front. Yeah, it's, I don't, I don't remember. I got it as a I gift. I doubt that. It reminds happened. me of you and when I, you were a little. And baby. I threw it in, and I remember listening to it and going, "Holy shit! Everything just changed." Yeah. So yeah, everything. Do just you changed. know what it knocked out as the number one album when it came out? No. Michael Jackson. Bad. Uh, no, it was like the black or white. Black or white. Black or yeah, white. I don't remember what the, what the album was called. Well, that was a weak album. <clears throat> Um, but yeah, it's, uh, you know, at the time, Guns N' Roses is still big in rock music. Metallica's big. And it's all the bands that, uh, it's sort of that cock rock, like, I'm the Did best. you say cock rock? It is cock rock. Awesome. Yeah. Um, you know, the bands that are out there pr- trying to convince you that they are the best band ever. And here comes along a band where he's like, I hate myself so much. And it actually reached out to a lot of people right at that time. <laughs> uh, I, I hope this isn't disappointing you too much. Yeah. Um, that, that's what Nevermind said, really. Yeah, is I hope this isn't disappointing you too much. And I would have picked that one, except that uh, at 25 years later, I'm not sure I can really listen to that album honestly anymore. No, and 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 no, there's there's a logic to that. Like that feeling I had where picking black and back in black is like it's just too safe. Yeah, that's the feeling you have with Nevermind. And, yeah, and right. Nevermind maybe still should be on your list. Yeah, well, it would be, but it's like. I understand the feeling. Like it's right. like, like really, I'm gonna pick this. Right. So what happens? They release like a. There's so much demand after Nevermind goes big, right? Like the record company just wants to capitalize. They want money. They need you to put something out. So they release uh, an album called Incesticide. That's basically a bunch of <laughs> uh, covers and B sides. It's basically like put something out. We don't care. So they pump that out, and then In Utero is their next and final like real LP. 
um, that you know heart shape box from or all apologies you know what have you um, and then yeah unplugged it's late 1993 MTV is doing all these unplugged shows at the time and they have Pearl Jam for some reason they had LL Cool J but you know they have these various groups coming out to tone it down and do this uh, unplugged thing so what happens is uh, Nirvana comes out and you get all these kids who show up right and they're all expecting to hear smells like teen spirit right they want to hear lithium unplugged as if that's gonna work right mm-hmm. you know the band that normally thrashes around and smashes their guitars and instead you know Kurt's in, in a pretty fucked up place at this point but he comes out has them literally he keeps telling me put more candles out there more and more candles that are like like a funeral he's like yes exactly like a funeral just has them just cover the whole damn stage and a fire hazard level of candles comes out plays one hit song that anybody would know they play come as you are is the, mm-hmm. the second track and after that it's covers it's b-sides um i was gonna have dan cue up man who sold the world because it's funny because yeah and that's be, I, for some reason i thought you were pointing at like a fire so it's supposed to be unplugged and clearly it's not unplugged like they, they, they couldn't give up that crutch uh, on that one. And it's a David Bowie cover. Yeah, it's a great which, song. Yeah. Oh, and it pissed me off. Somebody, I actually heard somebody say, wow, it's so great that David Bowie covered that Nirvana song. And I'm like, <laughs> oh, no. And I'm like, you, 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 and I always like a point and a f- you come here right now. Oh, you know, the, the, best one, the best one that reminds me of is when they put up those I things where they're like, they show you the celebrities that look like <laughs> Totally different song. You know, like the one where they're like, Natalie Portman looks like Kira Knightley. And I saw one that once was like, Dave Grohl from the Foo Fighters looks like the drummer from Nirvana. I'm like, I'm going to punch you in the face. I hate you so much. I'm going to punch you in the face. (laughs) So they they come out. And you know it's it's. Will and I get angry over like yeah. like shit like this? So you got your classic three band members. They had Pat Smear from the Germs. Yes, classic. Yes, classic uh, punk band. Uh, you know that Kurt probably worshipped growing up, and they come out and do this this thing, and it's it's amazing. I'm sure it disappointed everybody in the audience when they when they did the album when they did that concert. Well, because they're like, we're gonna go see a Nirvana show, yeah. and then it was something told. And this is another one I remember listening to Nirvana, and my buddy had bought it. And we were together, my buddy Mike, and he threw it in. And I remember his initial, like, he ended up really liking it, but his initial response was like, this is different. And I'm like, and I'm like, holy shit, this has just changed everything again. It's like, amazing. Nirvana, it, like, this is amazing. Yeah. And so, um, the, you know, and it, there was, it was advertised as with special guest. So everybody's like, Nirvana's going to bring out Pearl Jam. <laughs> And of course, they're like, like we're gonna bring out the meat puppets because it's like because it's like 1993 because oh, that's right he died in ninety four that's right and nobody knows the fuck the meat puppets are they do three meat puppet songs which are amazing the one you played was Lake of Fire but they also did uh, Plateau and Omi which are are fantastic tracks but then they finish off do you know the closer on that one remind me they do. Uh, where did you sleep last night? That's by right. Belly. That's they right. This old bluesy uh, song um, <clears throat> that, of course, nobody in the audience has ever heard. And uh, you know, the guy at this point, like I said, he's, he's a few months from from dying from, from at dying. this point, and he's not in great shape. And that, when you listen to that track, listen to it as from the point of view of somebody who thinks they might be playing the last song they will ever play. All right, I'm gonna do that next. Good. Time. No, go listen to it again, and especially if you can watch the video, if you could pull mm-hmm, it up on mm-hmm. YouTube, watch the performance. And they really didn't play much after that. There were they, maybe one or more shows uh, right after that. But he, he he knew it was coming at the end. I think he's he's in bad shape, and he looks like he, he's in bad shape. He belts out that song, and and it's one of those where it starts slow. It kind of repeats the same sort of verses and choruses is going through, but it gets it amps up, 
And the last one is you have to just sort of belt it out. And he's belting out the chorus with everything he's got. And right before he gets to the last word, which is going to be one of those drawn-out words, he stops and, you know, he's got his eyes closed for most of it. He stops, he opens his eyes, and he takes a deep breath and then closes his eyes and belts out that last thing. And it's, if you can't listen to that and look at the guy opening his eyes and seeing somebody who's having that realization, this might be the last thing I ever belt out. Wow. You were touched. That, no, seriously, watch it again and look for that. Well, you know, okay, and again, I don't want to compare Nirvana to Queen, but I actually, um, we were, I was doing a encore vocal ensemble in San Diego. I, I directed a few of their, their shows, and they, and they closed with, we had a special guest artist who did a Queen melody, and he closed with um, The Show Must Go On. Mm-hmm. And he was great, but the rest of the chorus was just doing their, ah, ah, and I'm like, okay, stop, 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 stop. And I told the story, same kind of thing, where on The Show Must Go On, Freddie Mercury knew this was it. This was it. And they didn't even think he could do it. And he basically walked in there, like, after saying, you know, are you sure? Are you sure? Are you sure? I mean, he was dying. Like, he was on his last legs. He walked in. And when he finally said, okay, he took, a, like, grabbed a bottle of vodka, downed it, and said, darling, let's do this. Did it. It's an amazing song. And he collapsed. And that was the last anybody ever saw of him. And just that moment, it's that same concept of, like, this is it. And you can hear that in that song, too. This is the last thing Freddie Mercury will ever do, and he knew that. And I think the same thing with Kurt Cobain in that moment. Yeah, no, you it, watch it again. I'm telling you, 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 just me telling you, you'll never listen to the song the same ever, 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 ever again. Ever again. Uh, interesting side of that story, as soon as I said that, everybody got it instantly. <laughs> like, and I'm like, I like, 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 finish it, and I'm like, you got it. I'm, my work here is done. I'm going home. So, all right, I like that. Unplugged in New York, number two. Okay. Yep. Good job. Brian! Okay, this is going to be a massive switch in tone, so... Because this is again. what we do! Like, we went from, like, a goofy, like, Baronet Ladies Gordon is goofy to this, like, powerful, sad Nirvana, Amy? too. It's going to be in excess. It's quiet. It starts off quiet. This is the one situation. Oh. Chess. Which version? The concept album. Which the black version? The original, the, yeah, the original, the original concept chess. with, with the, Lawrence, the chess uh, with, um, I, Elaine Page, the chess I fell in love yes. with, and yes. you picked one of my favorite this songs. Is, from I this. love the, this. Has one of the most beautiful lines. Oh my! This, in musical theater this, in general, this I, show yeah. every song has an amazing line. Yeah. Which line are you? I don't know why I can't think of anything I would rather do than be wasting my time on mountains with you. Oh God. Oh God! There's um, that's not my favorite line from the song, and now yeah. I can't think of it. I just—I mean, there's other, but the point is, I mean, to it, it, this kind of gets into my aspect. Oh, of this, is Mountain Duet. this is Mountain Duet. This is Mountain from Duet, chess. right? But um, we were—we've been sort of talking about chess how is it's my how, favorite uh, musical. How certain songs, albums, you hear them, you take them to this sort of thing. This is sort of my musical theater gig. It wasn't the first musical I'd ever seen, and it even wasn't the first big musical that I had ever seen. But this was the first musical that I'd seen in London, and the set design was just incredible, and I connected with the characters that were, were so well. I mean, this particular song, Mountain Duet, the set design just fit it absolutely perfectly. The, the set was, they had this floor that was divvied up as a chessboard, but it was lit from underneath. So you, if they didn't have the lights on, it was a black square. They could light it up from underneath to make it a white square or a red square, depending upon how they wanted to deal with it. But it lifted, it I'm rotated, it I'm spun. <laughs> and so what they did was they lifted it up, they rotated it so that it was corner to corner facing the audience, and then they picked up the back of the end. So it's like 
this wall thing. Yeah. It's all in white, so it's now this white peak, and all the characters are in black and white clothing. So as they're walking up and down what is essentially this snow-covered mountain, it just kind of looks like they're floating in space in this thing. And I'm going to say, why the hell can't I ever be in a show with production values that like this. that that does this sort of thing? But, I mean, it's, it's, it's Tim Rice... It's Benny it's, Bjorn. It's Alb. It's, it's Abba. It's, it's Abba. Abba it's Abba. Abba wrote this Abba wrote show. This. B- uh, Benny and Bjorn from Abba. Tim Rice doing thing. Um, and I got to see uh, Anthony Head doing this because uh, in the concept album Murray Head. Murray Head, his brother. Is, his brother is playing the American, but in the, when I saw it, Anthony Head is subbing in for his brother, and it was just like this. I just really love this show. I mean, I'm a dead Sondheim fanatic. You can build on almost any Sondheim musical, and I'm there. But Chess is my favorite musical me too. of all me time. Me too. Oh, my God, me too. I <laughs> love this show. Like, yeah. if we were going to do top five musicals, yeah. this is number one for me. You take a look at the logo that they have with the, the collapsed chessboard. We, we was looking at it and going, right, wait a minute. Count, 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 count. There's 33 black squares. There's only 32. There's that one square that's all off yeah. on its own. And my best friend and I were trying to figure out, so who's that square? Florence. It's Florence. It's Florence. It's Florence, Florence is, 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 is the, the square. square. Yes. Yeah, so, and that's and that's the point. Is well, The other reason why I love this thing is just all the symbolism. And it, oh, it's, God. It's just, just amazing. And, 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 okay, so there's the concept of which I actually fell in love with. Tim Heitman. Um, nobody here knows Tim Heitman, yeah, but, do, but, but yeah. Brian does. So I worked for him at Broadway San Diego. He had his wall of musicals, yeah. and I and we would just listen to something every day because yeah. that's what we did. And um, he's like, "Do you mind if I put in chess?" And I'm like, "I've heard of chess, and everybody in this room knows one song from chess." Yes, in fact, one night in Bangkok. Everybody yeah. listening to this podcast right now knows one song from chess. One night in Bangkok was a huge hit. Yep. That is the Act Two opener from chess. Oh, here's my line. Here's my line. Turn it up. Oh. Okay, hold on. And their voices are just beautiful. It's just so lovely. Okay. It's so lovely. My, my Sorry favorite, favorite, my favorite line from yeah. that that song, yeah. which is my favorite line yeah. in the show, is one of my like yeah. three favorite is. You make me forget why I ever agreed to be in this farce. Yeah. And like you're like at that moment, it's like, oh my God, there's so much else going on in this show. Yeah. Um, so there's the concept album, which I fell in love with yeah. because of Tim Heitman and we played yeah. it. And then there's an American version, which I don't find yeah. as good. The music it's, is very it's, different. Yeah, it's, yeah. A few years but ago. Someone else's story is a is great in, song. Yes, so. Which is only in which okay, so not in the concept album, and then it's in the this American version. And then a few years ago, Tim Rice came back with Benny and Bjorn and they were like, We're gonna fix this show. And they did, and they, <laughs> they fixed tried. it. Well, no, they fixed. I really, I, no, 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 because I really like the concert version, and they did a oh, okay, concert the version. Okay, the concert because the concert version goes back to the original. Concept. That's my point. The concert <laughs> version goes back to the original concert. They have all of the same, a lot of the same original songs. They brought in the good songs that work from the American version, and it's it's, it's a production. It's got Adina Menzel playing Florence. Um, what's his name? Adele Dazim, you mean? Yeah, Adele Dazim. Adele Dazim. Um, yeah, Adina Menzel. Uh, help me. Oh, um, um, opera guy. The opera, opera guy. Opera guy. Yes. Yes. Uh, Oh, I can't remember his Played name. Weber? No, <laughs> I, I've, I've lost. Uh, Hang on a second. Famous Let's opera guy. Chess. Okay, chess concert cast. And so basically, what they did is they they, they brought these these like oh, they, they they brought and and he's a terrible actor, but he's brilliant. So they've got they've got uh, Adina Menzel playing Florence, and they've got um, 
I can't think of anybody's there's, there's name. There's Adam Pascal. Adam Pascal, who plays Freddy. Who they plays turn, the, the American. The American, and they change and his Josh name to Freddy. Groban. Josh, Josh Groban, Groban plays the, the Russian. The Russian, Anatoly. And it's this whole story about betrayal and... And uh, uh, betrayal, and, and giving up, and not giving up, and everybody stabbing each other in the back, and his, his wife. Show, it's just, it's, it's. Uh, if yeah. you like any, if you, if you even instantly, in a little bit like musical theater, go listen. to And chess. it's one of those things that people go chess. Go listen it's to a chess. musical about chess, but it's and not. It's like it's not it's really not, about. It's the not chess. really about. Is there chess? any chess? Because yeah. I'd pay more attention if it was actually about chess. There's a great song at the end of Act Two called "Endgame," where yeah. he's going. Okay, the, the case in point, he's going through the final game. The main Anatoly is going through the main, the the main final chess at the World Chess Championships. Anatoly was the name of a chess champion around the time. Yeah, it, well, this, Anatoly this, Karpov. This uh, yes. this is Anatoly Sergeyevsky. Sergeyevsky, and. Endgame is basically all of his demons, all of the women, all of the men, everybody who we've seen just trying to tear him down. The entire show gets one final moment where they're in his head trying to tear him down, and he plays the game not because of anyone else's agenda, but for himself and for the game. Is it's, there it's, it's no show one about in my it. life who will not claim the right to yeah. steal my work, Ex- my name, exactly. my success, my fame, and my freedom? Exactly. It's a whole integrity of the game thing. Like, yeah. no, I'm winning because I love the game. I'm playing yep. not not because of anyone else's agenda. It's great, Brian. So, that was yeah. wonderful. <laughs> that was so good. Thank you. You're all right, very, very well. All right, I got to move this over to okay. Todd now. So for Todd, Todd's number two, I, I, I have Todd's on mine here. So I mean, yeah. there was no Lady Gaga, but yeah. it was okay. Right, so. Fame monster is actually one of my honorable mentions. No one's. No yes, one's it is. No it actually is. Come on. Fame Monster is a great album. We uh, we were talking last night. Somebody, I think William was like, I really liked um, Take On Me. I'm like, Hunting High and Low. Aha, that's a great album. And I got that <laughs> no, look. It, it was an amazing music video. <laughs> I got that look. So, Take On Me is not the best song on that album, though. But I I, I have it on, so you're going to want to turn me back up uh, so that I can play it. You're back for, up. Yes, for Todd there. This is no throwing things again. <laughs> He's so bored. Oh, Yes. You know what? There's a lot of musicals on here, but well, we're all just thinking. Hey, lame wait, wait, okay. wait, 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 production. Wait, original London production. Original yes. London production. Okay. Yes. That's, that's the only one I listen to. Lame is. Um, <sighs> not the movie. Not the Yeah, but what, a, what about but that? That we're going to take everybody from the best cast. Worldwide thing. I didn't watch that. They're, I didn't see it. The, I the just, concert version. Yeah, it's it's well, the symphonic version. The symphonic right. version where they went worldwide. And I also have a copy of that. Les Mis is one of, of those. Course you do, I do seven, too. <laughs> well, it's one of those. I'm sitting there going, why do I have so many copies of Les Mis? And I realize, okay, now this because they're all this different. is this is the original Broadway cast because I don't have the right. original London one. But I also have the original French concept album. I do too. And, oh my god, I don't really do. And the symphonic version. And if you listen to the woman that they have uh-huh. who sings uh-huh. uh, um, um, Eponine. She's Japanese, right. doesn't speak a word of English, uh-huh. and yet you listen to her and you wonder, th- she, of course she speaks fluent. She do- she understands the song so perfectly that she can sing it in another language and it's fine. So, anyway. anyway but Todd, why do you like this I album? Just, I just like this album. I think it was the first musical theater that... I really just absolutely fell in love with. I could sing almost every single song. And yeah, I would, I would sing it in the car because that's about the only place I can and get away with it. Yeah, <laughs> but I have to go back to the other thing. You can say Sergeyevsky, Sergeyevsky. but you can't say Queen's right. That's right. That's exactly it. I just, I just, I just had to bring that up. I'm sorry. <laughs> 
<laughs> you know what? My boss, my boss is Russian, so maybe it has something to do with that. I, I don't, but I don't know. This is just, I mean, more so than uh, Phantom of the Opera, more yeah. so than uh, West West Side Story. This, I think, is just my all-time and, and favorite. The, and the and the broad, the London one is the one with Patti Lapone. Yes, as uh, Fantine. Yeah. Yes. Yep. So. And I love Patti Lapone. Yes. I've got it. I've got a thing for Patti Lapone. So. I'm going to make you just fill I, in. I have a funny story about Patti LuPone. I'm going to make you fill in Silent Lucidity by Queensryche, just so people will know what it is that you're mangling. It's an awful song by a band I hate. <laughs> <laughs> but damn it, just fit it in somewhere. Uh, 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 what we're talking uh, 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 about. Uh, I, I, that might be one of these, like, we're going to play it under. Um, so we're, I'm in New York with my mom and my sister, and we went and saw Wicked. And it was great. It was uh, Wicked on Broadway with the original cast. I I ended up getting fifth row center. The rest of my the rest of my family is way up in the the rafters. And because we we had three tickets, and my cousin decided to come with us, so I'm like, I don't have to see it. Someone was selling their fifth row center seat because they couldn't use it. And there, I'm like, how much? Hundred dollars here. Fifth row with uh, who's the blonde? Uh, Kristen Chenoweth. You saw with her? Yeah, everybody, everybody, like. Fifth row, fifth row center, wicked. So we get down and we go for pizza. Norbert Leo, Norbert Leo, but everyone, it's a great show. Um, uh, we get down and we go for pizza because it's New York. You gotta have for pizza. My mom's like, "Oh, you remember my friend Terry?" And I'm like, "Yeah, I remember Terry." She's like, "She knows someone who's really big on Broadway." And I'm like, "I'm like, <laughs> oh, yes, I know this." And I'm, and I'm, and I know this story. And I'm like, and I'm like, I'm like, I'm like, okay, mom, whatever. You know, someone who's really big. She's like, no, no, no. She was really big on somebody. She was in Evita, and I'm like, she was in Evita. All right. I'm like, I'm like, who? I'm like, I don't know. She went to high school. They were friends. They're still friends. They talk. She was in Evita. I don't know. Patty somebody and I'm like are you fucking kidding me Patty Lapone Terry knows Patty oh yeah Patty Lapone that's it and I think like at one point Patty Lapone had come out to see Terry and like my mom was hanging out with her at a party in San Diego one night and I'm like are you fucking kidding me that's Patty Lapone like ugh I found Patty Lapone first time in Sunset Boulevard when she does that, that doesn't the cast in way. This is turning I, into to, music to, to musical yeah, theater. Musical theater. To, to sort of go <laughs> I'm back really hoping. Like, I does. think it's time to return to real music. Uh, Des, you better have something with a guitar page. in it. I gotta, okay. Wait, 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 no, 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 no. Let, let's let's I, go right finish. I and got then we'll to move see on. Elaine Page in Sunset Boulevard, and anyone who knows Sunset Boulevard, there's that staircase. Yes, the staircase. The, the staircase that she comes up there. This gigantic staircase. Elaine Page is, I think, maybe two foot six. <laughs> She's a very short woman. She's about five feet tall. And when she crawls up the staircase at the end of Act One, where she's distraught and and yes. he's left her, and she's trying, and she's crawling at the thing, and the the banister is up by her head. It's too high. <laughs> it's too high. Her hand is just as she's going. I was like, oh, you were doing so well, Elaine. Couldn't they have just lowered that banister for you? Yeah. All right. Okay. So I appreciate your number two, Les Mis, yes, the original Les London Mis. concept album. All right, moving on to Dez. I okay. loved Ellen Page and Juno. With <laughs> <laughs> a different, different page. Now, sometimes there's an album... What, the that album. goes down easy. Sometimes the there's a man, and sometimes an album goes down rough. <laughs> sometimes the album is good, and sometimes on that album, how much have you had to drink? A lot. <laughs> a good. lot. No, sometimes on an album there is the best recording of a particular song by a particular artist, and this album is one of those albums, and that is Lou Rawls. Live, recorded in 1968 at Capitol Records. 
It's not the best Lou Rawls record ever recorded, but it's the best recording of Lou Rawls doing Stormy Monday you will ever hear. I'm going to try to pull that up. It's a, a phenomenal song, and it's a phenomenal artist doing that song. And it's one of those live recordings that isn't intended as a concert. Well, I don't. Was it? Did he not do it in concert? No, it's recorded live in the studio with an audience. Oh, okay. The the some of the songs are recorded on one date, and some of the songs are recorded on another date. Is this it? Yeah. There you go. This is it. Um, one was announced by oh shit, I can't remember someone who did radio in Los Angeles in 1968. But it is a phenomenal album. Okay. There you go. It this is, is my favorite out. recording of any single song ever recorded in the history of mankind. I mean, like, you're not going to find many people that will tell you that. That this is your favorite recording of a single song in the history of mankind. This is your favorite recording of this song in the of history of mankind? Of any song. Really? Ever? Ever in the history of mankind is this recording of Lou Rawls doing Starry Monday. All right. That's... What is my tablet doing? Dan knows. is once again screwing up the podcast. I, really, I mean, I, re- I really thought you were going to go with Marky Mark and the Funky Bunch. Just that that is also song. a good recording. But I think, as sad as it is, I would go with the Glee recording of okay. Marky so, you Mark. Okay, so you and mentioned this earlier, Bunch. and here's the thing nobody should ever say, I prefer the Glee recording <laughs> of anything <laughs> ever. That's amazing. Um, Wait, no, no. Uh, I'm going to disagree with you on that. The Glee recording of I Want to Hold Your Hand is the perfect encapsulation of what Julie Tamer was trying be- to do. Why did he become Lou Rawls? Like, and, the perfect encapsulation. And, am I wrong? Dan, it's the perfect, like, what, what, did what I want Julie Tamer was you're, trying you're, to do. You're talking about Across the Universe. Yes, was trying yes, to do it Across yes. the Universe. That's actually is great. Done, yes. is done perfectly in Glee. Yeah, well, it, uh, yes. The Glee version of the Julie Taymor version of I Want to Hold Your Hand from Across the Universe based on the music of the Beatles. Hold on, hold on. (laughs) If we're saying that the fucking kids on Glee did I Want to Hold Your Hand better than Beatles, I will throw my bottle at you. (laughs) Oh, oh, okay, before... Go ahead. Okay, so before we continue, we've got I've got a couple more that people have yes. said, and I, I want to throw out honorable, yeah, honorable mentions. mentions. We were down no. at the blackjack table just no. now. Forget honorable mentions. The I want to hold your hand from Glee. <laughs> it makes me cry. It makes it me cry. I mean, it makes me cry too. <laughs> it literally makes me everything cry. at Glee makes me cry. <laughs> no, not in a for bad very wrong way. Reasons. Like, why am I watching Glee? <laughs> why? What? I made so many bad life decisions that have led me to watching Glee. You need to listen to that song. That song is it's heartbreaking. It's heartbreaking. Um, before it's we- beautiful. Uh, am I wrong, Brian? Am I wrong? I don't watch Glee. <laughs> <laughs> Even Brian doesn't watch Glee. You are not wrong. <laughs> there you go. Todd agrees. Todd agrees. <laughs> Todd agrees. We were dead because we we always try to like we stay downtown. And downtown always has the colorful characters. Oh, yes. There's always a story. And we haven't really had it. Because you're right next to the Fremont Experience. Yeah, there's always. Where, there, there's yeah. always a, so we're downstairs. It's, it's old Times Square has moved to Vegas. <laughs> it's we're, the Fremont Experience. We're downstairs and we're playing blackjack. And this gentleman shows at the table. His name was Wayne. Mr. Newton. Mr. Wait, his name was Wayne. Wayne. 
Wayne Did he only a, only man I've ever snake? seen show up at a table and say, "You fucking bitch." Yeah, he looked at the dealer. He said that yeah, he, no, he got a dealer to bitch. cuss at him, so he was a snake. <laughs> and Did he have an ex stripper? Her name was Samron. <laughs> she was from Thailand. Yes. Oh, she's very nice. She cursed at him. Oh, good, good for her. She, she good like for her playfully, like, like the playfully. But like he sat down and he's like, "You better fucking pay me." And she says, "I don't speak English." <laughs> and then and then he yeah, says, so "They said they know each other for twenty years." Yeah, and oh, then good. And, and then he says something else and she goes you hit him with the bottle and he's like <laughs> and he's like you fucking bitch yeah she told the bartender yeah i know he's like cursing her she's like telling the bar the the lady who comes around with the drinks hit him with the bottle you fucking bitch you fucking bitch i'm like i'm watching going oh man so i'm bitching about losing on 20s and that seems really tame right now <laughs> like these people are gonna get violent there's all and that's the beauty of kind of staying downtown is there's always it's a very different sort of story. Than there's what yeah, you there's a lot of stories right. downtown. Yeah, there's a lot of stories. All right, um, real quick. There's a million um, stories in the naked downtown Las Vegas. I had um, I had I had two more people who came out and said okay. and, and gave their albums. Um, this one comes from uh, Andrew Rogers, my friend Andy. Um, he said London Calling, which is classic. Classic, great album. What? Boring. The, the, clash. the clash. Okay. That's All right. It, okay. London yeah. Calling, yeah. and he said it's a double album, so it counts as two, which I, I, I can't <laughs> argue with him there. Um, and then uh, listener number one, listener Brett, um, came out and said Grateful Dead, Working Man's Dead, and I don't know enough about the Grateful Dead. Brett? I don't know enough about Brett. the Grateful Dead either. Grateful Dead. Here's the thing about the Grateful Dead. Are you, you wearing either. Jerry Garcia ties, Brett? You know either everything about the Grateful Dead or nothing, nothing about, about the, the Grateful, Grateful Dead. Dead. <laughs> And yet, it's everybody like, knows at least a few Grateful Dead songs. No, they, they just really don't, don't know that they they're might Grateful know Dead touch songs. of gray. I'm Maybe. not saying that Grateful Dead is not belonging on a list of like great bands. I don't remember them a great album. But it's it's as Brian, Will you're, said. You're, you're older than me. You were yes. alive when the Grateful Dead was recording. Technically, yes. <laughs> um, do you remember it's, them having a good album? I see, good concerts. But, yes. See, but the thing is, I don't know that much about the Grateful Dead, and so I don't really have a. Position to be able to say that's why I, th I think every it's one of those things that everybody know if you went through their entire thing everyone would say oh I know that song I know that song I agree with but that. it's it, I'm pretty sure it is as Will said you either love the dead or you're like yeah yeah no and eh. it's like so, uh, Pink Floyd was the same way and Pink Floyd is very much uh, the same when way. I, I you either Radiohead earlier it's Floyd the same head way. or you're you yeah, love it like, or you don't know it yeah. The pigs, man. I'm going to go with Shel Silverstein again. Pink Floyd. <laughs> Hoba Simpson stole my pig. <laughs> Sylvia Stout. All right. I like, I'd like to go around the table, and there's no number to this. Just kind of keep it. I'd like to kind of do honorable mentions. There are a few albums that I really love that didn't get put on here. Um, Genesis is Invisible Touch. Um, the mother uh, Bones of What You Believe from Churches, uh, Passive Me Aggressive You from Did Naked you and just Famous. put Churches on? I did. I really like that album. Passive Me Aggressive You, uh, Rumors, Fleetwood Mac's Rumors. Um, I really do like Lady Gaga's The Fame Monster. It's 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 a fun album to listen to. It's it, it rocking. I did. Um, I, I, I did several light designs listening to that. I think I was doing um, the to Kill a Mockingbird, the light design for that. Or you mm -hmm. were doing light I was hanging your. I was hanging your design for that. Doing you mean my that. beautiful lighting design that caught fire? Yes, it did catch fire. So it like caught fire. So I mean, for me, I mean, really, like if we were going to do a top ten, I would definitely put Rumors in there, Invisible Touch, um, definitely Passive Me Aggressive You, Bones of What You Believe. I'd probably throw in maybe Fame Monster. I might come up with who else, but those are those are films that I really really like. William, honorable mentions. Um, Melancholy. Yeah, Melancholy. Smashing Pumpkins. Yeah. Um, I mean, for a, an epic double album. Oh, it's a great album. Epic. Uh, you, we mentioned Pearl Jam ten earlier. It's a great album. Um. Arcade Fire's Funeral. It's a great album. It was nearly my fifth. Um, 
Oh, uh, Decemberus, Hazards of, of Love. Hazards of was, Love. Was going to be my, Will. if I was going to pick a Decemberus album. Well, he said a couple. Oh, what? actually, I have a story on last one. I I know that I'm the one who doesn't shut up here, but I got a story on what, last what, one. One more honorable mention for me, Rhythm Nation, Janet Jackson. Janet Jackson. 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 Anyway, yeah. go on. Um, Boo. So we, we talked last time about me soundtracking the trips. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Because before, we, we drove in a car where I had to make burned CDs and switch them out. And then I try to like mix in like what Dan likes, what I think he'll listen to with like what Dan should listen to, and I'll try to like convince him to listen to, right? Um, and so like, as we're doing the drive here, it's pretty funny because we hook up my iPod because now we have a newer car. And so, <laughs> and so it's really funny because the whole drive up, I'm in the backseat, I have my iPod, and like Dan will hear a December song and it'll turn up the volume. <laughs> I knew you noticed that. <laughs> and then like a song would come on, he didn't know, and he would turn it down three spots. <laughs> And just as we were getting into Vegas, so he left a song up that I'm certain neither of you knew. That probably went for seven or eight minutes. I think I know what you're talking full about. Full of gibberish lyrics. Uh, there, yeah, there was something about that. that what I did was, you think? I, there was just something about it that I was like, I just I want to keep listening this to this. This is calming. What is it? It's calming, right? Yeah, there was something, but it was like intense at the same time. Like, yeah, was, yes. For all the violent, like thrashy music I listen to, it's like you have to counteract that. <laughs> and so the song was by a band called Sigur Ross. I don't know them. Yeah, so we get all. So we keep getting these bands from Iceland, like Bjork and um, um, uh, what was the name of the band that just the came out recently? Monsters, uh, Monsters and, Men, and Men. Which great. That's a great album too. Sigur Ross comes out. They they toured with Radiohead for a while. They've had a bunch of albums. They did the cover of uh, Reigns of Castamere for the episode in Game of Thrones. Oh, nice. Yeah, it's this little like is experimental. That, is that the one where Jamie loses his hand? <laughs> the Reigns of Castamere? No, yes. that's where. Um, spoiler alert. Rob Stark loses his head. Rob and that everybody one? else died. It's the Red Wedding album. Everybody uh, died. Episode. Um, yeah, no, this this band, they do, um, and the, if you wanted to hear really, really hipster, it's this band from Iceland um, where they've realized that uh, since there's only like 200,000 people in Iceland and nobody speaks Icelandic and they don't really do English, uh, the voice is an instrument Yeah, at that point, since nobody can know what you're saying anyway. So they did some albums in uh, Icelandic, and then they did this album, um, and they did it in a language they called Hopelandic which is a bunch of bullshit. It basically was, you don't understand what I'm saying anyway, so I'm just going to make sounds as an instrument. And oh. it's another one of those, like, the songs are eight to ten minutes long, but they're ambient and they are beautiful. And they get it was, used... It was good. They get used... Um, the one I played for you was used at the apex of Vanilla Sky. Uh, they had another one that was used at the apex of The Life Aquatic with Steve Zizou. It's that sort of music. It's... The, when you're having the epiphany big apex of your movie, you can throw in this band that does these big instrumental, like ambient, awesome music that's just sort of beautiful. And uh, you, have, we, have we gotten to Interstellar yet? Because I'm ready. Shawshank. Do you remember Shawshank Redemption? Yes. Everybody knows Shawshank Redemption. Do you remember the scene where uh, Andy breaks in and plays a record? Yes, <coughs> I do. Yes. And Morgan Freeman explains. Oh, yeah. You remember what Morgan Freeman explained? No. He had no idea no, what know. that Italian woman was singing about. But? But it was beautiful, and you could imagine that it was whatever you wanted it to be. Yes. Right? That sort of thing. And it's the same thing. It's the There's a mood 
in the music, uh, and you have no idea. And the, the lyrics are actually literal gibberish on that album, not all the albums. It's, it could be whatever you want it to be, and it's beautiful. Wonderful. So I'm going to throw that. If you want something, if you like anything else I mentioned, listen to Sigur Ross. It's good. Sigur Ross. Brian, honorable mentions. Uh, uh, Annie Lennox Diva. Uh, no, okay. Not, uh, Annie Lennox is my favorite, but okay. Um, Annie Lennox Diva. Um, uh, Stevie Wonder in Square Circle. Yeah. 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 Um, almost anything by Jonathan Colton. <laughs> so. The the, uh, the still alive guy. <laughs> yes. Hurrah! Yes. Oh, okay, so he's, he's picking he's out got, the portal got, still alive song. Yes. Yeah. Well, but he's he got a whole. But he does a lot of geek rock. Almost anything by him. Uh, almost anything by Weird Al. <laughs> and I say, yes, <laughs> so, yes, yes. Um, and uh, Wham! Uh, music from the Edge of Heaven. George Michael? George, George Michael. Michael. Wham! Well, well Wham! You know, that's an exclamation point. It was, it's Wham! This is Wham! When, when it was still, he was still with Wham at that yeah, point. Yeah. And, and George Michael, certainly, that sort of thing. But music from the edge of heaven, I think it, it, it was their swan song, and they realized he's going off on his own now, and that's it. But there, it's still good stuff. Oh, and uh, Tubular Bells. Tubular Bells. Todd. Honorable mentions. Anything? Anything okay. that's not your number one? I am the oldest in this room. Okay. Um, Are you? Yes, I am. Yes, okay. he is. We've had this discussion I'm, before. I'm pretty I'm damn than, old. I'm older than um, you're Brian. older than me, but I'm just I'm saying I'm. Uh, yeah, I'm the one. I'm, I'm the only old. one with gray hair. These are. <laughs> that's because I shave. Oh, he's like, look really closely <laughs> with a magnifying glass, and you can see some gray hair. <laughs> but these are songs. These are albums from what I remember from my youth. Okay. You had already mentioned one, which was uh, Simon and Garfunkel. Bridge um, over troubled water. Bridge over yeah, that's a water. great album. My brother played that nonstop until my mother. Almost broke the album, <laughs> um, but uh, Peter Paul and Mary. Yep, yep, definitely. Puff um, Magic Dragon. Puff uh, the Magic Dragon. Uh, Earth, Wind, and Fire. Yeah. Um, All right. Which one? Oh God, I knew you were going to ask me that. I can't. A lot the of them together. No, that's an acceptable right. answer. Um, the one about Starship. The, okay. Whichever album that was, um, and then um, that's kind of like going Chicago. Which one? <laughs> Every freaking album. But then, uh, pretty much any of the Carpenters. Oh yeah, it gets I good. I have to throw the Carpenters in. All right, Des, you got any honorable mentions before we go to number I've one? Really on the Carpenters. I've got yeah. three. Three honorable mentions. One is the greatest hits that isn't really greatest hits. That's Rock and Roll Rock, Soul yes. Part One. We talk about that. Alanos. It's got every Howlin' Oats song I like on it. She's there a man-eater. Um, <laughs> she mentioned Simon and Garfunkel. Sorry. Number two is probably the the greatest album that I wish I could put on my list, but I'm just not that boring, and okay. that's Thriller. Thriller, yeah, there's never Thriller is a really it's good, a good album. album. It's, a good it's a really good, it's a really good, good album. album. Who's it by? <laughs> so, Tito. I think it's, it's Tito. Tito <laughs> Wait, time out. It's by... Uh, Fuck you. That's your wow. Is that a, is that a Flight of the Concords album? <laughs> and then your another and honorable mention? Number three is the one that, that, that puts me in the category with you and Brian as a musical theater nerd. It is the album that changed a Broadway show. And that There's is the original Broadway recording of Starlight Express. Okay. Rearranged by Mark Kahn to make... On your own. I hope you're on your own. I hope there's no one. Yeah, he's dancing. Into yeah, he's, a he's literally rock, dancing in his Into chair. a rock song. Okay. Where yeah. the music for Starlight Express did not suck. <laughs> I'm sorry. Mark Kahn there's, took that show yeah. and rearranged it and made it into a rock show that I saw on Bro uh, not on Broadway, but on Vegas. Yeah. 
yeah. for like years, and it may not be the best musical ever recorded, but I've, I, it's probably the one I've seen the most. I, I kind of liked Starlight Express. Great, right? I saw the London okay. version where it was different. But be, it's be honest, I, I did you like that song before Mark Conry arranged as a rock song? I was not that impressed with CB if I'm, as a if character. I'm, if, I'm, but if I'm not mistaken, the music was like do 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 do. I mean, like yeah. it was really awful yeah, music before the, he changed the, the, it. The reason that it was okay because I went in expecting the little engine that could, mm-hmm. and that's exactly what I got. And so, it was therefore, boring. it's it's like okay, it's a nice little piece of mindless mm-hmm. fluff. But I was in the mood for a nice little piece of mindless fluff, and so it's okay. I wasn't. I was a yeah. uh, senior yeah. in high school. Um, I wanted some rock music. Yeah. I oh, that, I, I agree I with you. I thought that in the mouth yeah. of madness was the best movie ever made because it had the John Carpenter rock. <laughs> soundtrack to it okay. I'm not saying I had class or taste <laughs> at that time in my life but it, it it's one of those times where a performer in the show rearranged the music in yeah. such a way that like it phenomenally changed yeah. the oh yeah the the way the yes. show was perceived oh yeah and that as, as an album goes that's an important album yeah I would agree with you on uh, that concept. Yeah. All right. Fair enough. All right. We're back to our number one and my number one. Number. Well, what's one. your number one? Booty and the Blowfish. No, Jagged Little Pill. Yeah, this is no, this is one. Dan's number one. This is The Crane Wife Part 3 from the Decemberists album, 2006 album, boo. The Crane Wife. I go boo. Why? Don't on his number one, fucker. Yeah. It's just so hipster. But I love that. The Decemberists are my favorite band. And they do a concert. Am I wrong? Here's you the thing: call him the hipster after I mentioned about all the shit I mentioned. All right. Yeah, here's the thing: with I the am actually. Are you going to complain? They have no hits. They have no hits. No, they've, they've never been on your local rock station. Which means no, but all of amazing. all of their concerts can be totally different because people who are at their concerts really love the band. And you're not waiting for them to play, play the that hit. song. You're not because there's no hits, and they're all really good. And this album, 2006. The Crane Wife. The Crane Wife is a three-part song that they split up on the album in various different times. It opens with this song, part three. Then and, it goes through like most and of the one album. And, two later. and then they do one and two later. This is the album that has O Valencia. This is the song that has The Perfect Crime. This is the album that has Sons and Daughters. There, this is my thing. There are no misses on this album for me. But it's missing their greatest song of all time. Mariner's Revenge? Yes. That's on Picaresque. Yes. Picaresque is an amazing P- album. Picaresque is an amazing album. I agree, but... It was like, well, there is a miss on there. The Sporting Life is not my favorite song. All right, so, this so, song, this album has no misses. Folks, if you're listening and you're like, I don't know the Decemberists, I've never heard of this band, go to YouTube, look up the Mariner's Revenge song. Yeah. It's 11 minutes long. But you'll love every second of it. And you will listen to it repeatedly. It is I a song. It is a song Sand. about a guy Sand. who chases another guy who fucked him over as a child his whole life and they end up trapped in the belly they're, of a whale. They're together. a good band, Dan. Stop in telling our audience they have to love it. In the belly of a whale. The belly of a whale. They, they, they may it. not. And this album, like I, I, I've always loved the Decemberists, but the second I put this on and the, the riffs, the, you know, the beginning of this song and the way this song is, I'm like, this is like their masterpiece. This is an I, amazing album. I give Dan a lot of shit about this choice, but the real problem is it makes me think there's not enough dropkick Murphys, Murphys on my list. Oh, yeah. I that was so This was the thing. is um, I had thrown out... I was playing a game back in like the early 2000s, and there was a forums, and I used to throw out a thing where, hey, try to introduce me to new music. Like I, That was my way to reach mm-hmm. out at the time before YouTube was big. Just to find out what are other people listening to. So that's how I learned about Arcade Fire and a lot of other bands that I really like. Somebody you, mean, you mean in the age before Reddit? 
Yeah, right. And so somebody had thrown out the Decemberists, and I listened to it, and I th- and I, that's what it reminded me of. It was like a Dropkick, Dropkick Murphys, Murphys, like, like but, oh, but, you're doing but, like an Irish let's be shanty honest. music. Let's be honest. Less screamy and more musically talented. They're oh. amazing. Like they'll Incredibly they'll musically they're, talented. They're the Decemberists, and the band name is based off of the Decemberists Revolution, which was a 1880s revolution in Russia, and the people who were going against the government were known as the Decemberists. And it's it's, it's and mainly, if you don't know that, I'm, you wouldn't know that. Of course I'm you saddened know. by the fact that Dan knows that. It's mainly Colin Malloy, the lead singer who writes all the songs. And the lyrics are just chock full of references you'll never get unless you look them up. And but they're brilliant. Like uh, the the rake song is terrible. The rake song is one of the most disturbing things you'll ever hear, and it's amazing. It's amazing. It is. It's just it, it, uh, the lyrics are beautiful. The music is beautiful. The musicality is beautiful. I love the Decembers, and this is my favorite ba- my favorite album from my favorite. Band. To explain the rake Number song, one. and I mentioned Hazards of Love as a, an honorable mention. The Hazards of Love is a concept album. Yes, exactly. It, it tells an entire story that should be a play. You should make. I'll get on that. Dan. I'll do that. I'll get on that. Dan. Why is there no Survivor on your top five albums? Dun. Wait. Oh, I got a funny story about that. Dun, dun, dun. There's a lot of Rocky out there that you're not responding to. No, fuck it. I'm going to tell it. It's a Grayson story. So I put on Pandora, and I don't remember what song came on, but I think it might have been Journey. Like, we're eating dinner, and it's me, Rihanna, and Grayson. And we're eating dinner, and I think Journey came on. And Rihanna's like, change this. And I hit next, and I the Tiger came on. And she looks at me, and she was like, turn off your goddamn old man music. And we turn around, we turn around, and there's Grayson in his high chair, just bopping. Just bopping along. And I'm like, that's right. Grayson's sitting there going... What are you talking about, woman? Creed's going to be my favorite movie of ever. All th- and somebody's talking about Sylvester Stallone. Is he going to win the Oscar for Creed? No. No, he- because Burgess Meredith didn't win the Oscar, and this is Sylvester Stallone channeling Burgess no. Meredith even no. down to the voice. But I will go out <laughs> on a limb and say Michael B. Jordan will successfully relaunch the Rocky franchise. Eh. All right. All right moving, eh. moving. I like Michael B. Jordan. Does it mean that he necessarily wants to follow in Sylvester uh, uh, Stallone's footsteps? Uh, Michael B. Jordan wants whatever pays the best. Everybody, that shut up. Is that <laughs> moving on? So my my number one, Will. my number one, the Decemberist 2006 album, The Crane Wife. William, where you did that? You got a queued up. Will I do? Maybe. What is it, Will? Dead air. You you waiting nope, for I dead air? It's Nickelback. No. Uh, <laughs> <laughs> Uh, and you know we, what? we know what it is, this there, is boy. For you? Yeah, yeah, this is good. Um, yeah, I picked this one out just because it's the one everybody would know. Um, but no, the album is a downward spiral by Nine Inch Nails, um, and a band I've seen in concert eight or nine times now. You're always going to that concert. Yeah, every William, time they come through. William, I will say this to you: it's a little boring. It's like my ACDC pick. Yeah, but I can't argue with you in the no, least. No, but it's one of those things where I'm like. I'm lying to myself if I don't pick the band that I've seen eight or nine times in concert. No, I mean, it's a great album. I'm not arguing with you about the album. It's a little bit... It's one of those ones where you're like, do I really pick this? Yeah, I do. Because uh, it seems really boring. Because, like, anybody should pick it. Uh, so, so... I'm not a big Nine Inch Nails fan, so I, I'll have to actually listen to this album. I never have. Dan, I'm going to go... I'm going gonna, I'm gonna to speak for Will real quick and say, fuck you. Oh, well, no, no, wow. no, 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 it's another one. No, it's one of those things where I think, like, my buddy, I had a buddy who was a huge Tool fan. His parents liked it because they just overheard him listening to it so often. Mm-hmm. If you listen to it enough, you'll like it. 
Yeah. You will. It's um, a phenomenal album. But I'm not arguing to Nine Inch Nails, you may never get into it. You, no. you might not. It, it's not for a lot of people. I um, think it's one of those albums you can acknowledge the genius of the album <laughs> and still simultaneously be rather mystified and upset about the band. Right, and so the band is, uh, by and large, it's Trent Reznor. Brian, Brian's making. Faces I'm sorry. At me. Uh, let me, let me I fix don't that. know anything about Nine Inch Nails. So. Let me fix that. Academy Award winner. Academy Award winner Trent Reznor. Trent Reznor has more Oscars than Christian Bale. Or Leonardo DiCaprio. <laughs> or Leonardo DiCaprio. Yeah, that's no, what I meant. Leonardo DiCaprio. Neither one of them deserves Oscar. I don't know. Christian Bale's a great actor, and so is he, but, but Trent Reznor has more Oscars than either of those people. As does huh? Three Six Mafia. That's yeah, so, you know, Six Mafia. yeah. So if you don't know, Trent Reznor won. Uh, he started doing the uh, David uh, Fincher movies. So he won the Oscar for The Social Network. Um, yes. And then he's also done The Girl with the Dragon Tattoo and of Gone course, Girl. The, 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 the soundtrack to The Social Network is Dong. 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 Which people Dong. don't realize. Like, you hear a lot of this violent sort of music and he does a lot of ambient um, kind of mood music. And Air he's had pudding. albums with it. Like yeah. instrumentals. Hey, don't, don't question that stuff. Train Junkies said... Interstellar kind of sounds like Hans Zimmerman just kind of leaned on the yeah <laughs> the right. keyboard. He's, yeah, he's just like, walked fell on over the, keys. the keyboard. He slept on them. The yeah. Keyboard. So so Nine Inch Nails comes out. It's like so Trent Reznor is in, in the middle of the '80s. It's in all of these bands where he's the keyboardist. Like he's somebody who's trained to playing piano. Really? Yeah. That, Did not know that. That's that's what he. That's his primary instrument. He knows that'll play the piano. So he ends up playing keyboard because that's what big in the '80s with his stupid hair playing for these bad. 80s keyboard bands like the shit that like you are embarrassed and you no longer admit you you ever listen to right yazoo yeah. So. Oh no 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 no! That al- with the exception oh, of that, okay. yeah, just, with the exception of that song, that album is actually really yeah. good. Depeche Mode. Excellent. This is this is an influence, right? Depeche Mode. Yeah. Dark. Yes. Right. Except for just can't get enough. That's uh-huh. some bullshit. Uh, but Depeche Mode um, becomes an obvious influence. 1989, they drop Pretty Hate Machine. Head Like a Hole is the song you know. Yes. Right? But it's mostly keyboard music. It's, like, not great keyboard music. But from a guy, though, who's, like, a weird, like, depression issue, right? Uh, 92, they drop a little EP called uh, Broken that has a song called Wish. If you want a song to rock out to that you've never listened to that that will redefine rocking out for you, find Wish. Wish. Got it. Um, but nine uh, uh, Downward Spiral in 94. Right, so All right. Kurt is uh, dies right around that time. Uh, grunge music. All of a sudden, things make so much more sense now. Grunge music has been ruling for the last three or four years. It's all guitar, bass, drums, screamy vocals, right? And Nine Inch Nails comes out. Watch the video for closer, and realize that it's yet another moment when you go, all that stuff that I was co- thought was cool for the last three years, not cool anymore. Everything changes. It changed again. This has redefined music at the time yeah and whereas other bands like green day like makes punk music pop or metallica makes metal music pop or whatever it might be this takes industrial music and makes it yeah. nobody has ever heard of because you never listen to skinny puppy or ministry I'm no guessing. no takes, i'm familiar with both of them but no takes a, a genre nobody even knew and makes it pop um and if you listen through it he does an incredible mix of you know violent cathartic music or ambient or dancey almost shit kind of music um that's uh but if you want the height of the of of capturing that band 
listen to the downward spiral closer is the one that was a big hit he didn't even want it on the album because he thought it was a uh, dancey bullshit that, that everybody would hate um but the rest of the album is amazing hurt is the song that everybody else also knows because johnny cash johnny did cash cover. did it yeah and I, I pulled that up and my employees were like what the fuck are we listening to i'm like really a, this is johnny cash b the this is hurt from nine inch nails this is amazing shut up ever yeah, uh, I have a funny story about. I li- so I listen to people all the time going, "Oh yeah, when when Trent did it, it was fine, but Johnny Cash, it was you know, it was amazing." I uh, like, say fuck, fuck y'all. Fuck you. Uh, if you go to a Nine Inch Nails show, uh, Hurt will almost certainly close it. You will watch an entire audience sing along while a big screen full of incredible imagery is dropped in front of the band. Their silhouettes. That's if cool. You want to watch like. A thousand people in a room who've never met met each other have sort of a cathartic singing together moment. I have two. I, I have two points on that. End with just go to a show and watch the end of that. Why do you have two? Two points. points on what that? are the points, Dan? The point point number one is a funny story. Uh, point number one is a Billy Joel story. Um, Billy Joel does the same thing. How he does cl- point number one become a Billy Joel? Story? Yeah, right. And a Billy Joel. Okay, <laughs> Billy Joel closes We're every. We're talking se- about like men's rock music. Uh, fuck you, Billy Joel is a ma- man's rock music. What the fuck? Stop drinking. That's fuck a, you. That's a boy's um, rock music. Um, oh please, uh, Billy, Billy Joel's jo- a great. Billy Joel closes. No, every I'm not saying he's not great, but he's a boy's rock God music. Damn it, does Billy Joel closes every single? Are you concert. planning on talking over me? Because that's not going to work. Yes, Billy Joel closes every concert with Piano Man, and it's the same. Kind of thing. That's because he's had one big hit. What? Oh, come on! Come on! Get, okay. get, get. When I was a kid, Billy Joel was my favorite you. thing in the world, <laughs> and I, I eventually was like, I don't really like Billy Joel, but I'm still offended. Uh, <laughs> and it's that same moment where, like, there's, and I've not been to a Nine Inch Nails concert, but I imagine it's very, very similar in the sense that three thousand people who have never met each other are singing Piano Man together in that one moment. I imagine it's, it's very similar. Yeah. Oh, it's even worse because like, most of the people have probably been like, if you're at a Billy Joel concert, you're probably sitting with a bunch of like 40 to 50-year-olds. Or, or me. <laughs> or me. You know, you're you're uh, sitting next to Chris Christie. And I, I make fun, but Trent is now 50. Um, <laughs> as his mater to all these guys are was, old. Uh, 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 Springsteen. Springsteen yeah. No, he is, but I'm sure he likes Billy Joel too. But yeah. realize... like. It's not that we've been sitting together watching him do We Didn't Start the Fire. If you've been to a Night Jail concert, you've probably been pushing these people so there's a, yeah. to defend yourself against the people who are standing around you. And for then the all last of a sudden, there's a one moment. And, you know, there are high points where it's violent and then it tones down and then it ramps up again. And you finally have them where you're covered in sweat, you're drenched, you are surrounded by people, you are tired. And you get one song that is just mellow that you can all just sing along with, knowing you're about to go home. Mm-hmm. That's cool. Um, cool. So uh, in the '90s, Billy speaking of Billy Joel, in the '90s, this is my second point. I was every l- album I picked, by the way, was from the '90s. <laughs> <laughs> I in the '90s, I was not listening. I found '90s alternative in the 2000s. Um, of course you. Did. So because and, and at the time, I was listening to the Beatles the and, and Billy Joel and the Beach Boys. It, you know, I, classic Queen in, in the night. That the music that I found. And I was dating this lovely girl, and we were getting hot and heavy. And she looked at me, speaking of closer, and she, you know, in and that, pa- when you're 15, 16, 17, that passionate moment, she's like, I want to fuck you like an animal. And I had to stop, and I'm like, I, wh- what? Yes. I, 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 I don't, and, and again, and she, like, like, the whole mood shifted. She's like, it's nine inch nails. And I'm like, I, I don't, I don't, I don't, I don't, I don't know that. But can we do that? Yeah, yeah, can we, yeah, yeah, yeah. It was this whole, like, surreal, it was this whole surreal moment of like, yes, that was 
okay, why did you say that? Uh, like, you know, and now, you know, obviously now it's, it's closer I'm to fucking like an animal. So I'm uncomfortable. I've got a weird yeah, feeling in my pants. Let's now. move on to Brian's. Yeah, that's all right. So, <laughs> what's number one? Downward Spiral Here's, by Nine Inch Nails. Nine Inch Nails, and then there's Billy Joel, and Nine Inch Nails and is there's okay. What Brian's Billy, Joel, Billy, Billy Joel, Joel almost made my top five, but there's we, we I realize there's no good Billy. Like, there's not that there's not good Billy, Billy Joel, Joel albums. There's Billy a lot of good Joel. Billy Joel songs. Dan. Billy Joel is like Bob Seger. There's good songs there, but they're really Glass, not top five. Glass Houses. The Glass Houses yeah. is a good album. Yeah. 52nd Street is a great album. But the Strangers is a great album, but they're, like, they're not like... Like Bob Seger, there's good songs there. There's not necessarily a good album. <laughs> I, I don't... It's not like I own a lot of Billy Joel mm-hmm. albums, so... I mean, Shameless. Well, if you take a look, Good you will notice you. <laughs> Down Eastern Alexa. Yes, I love Stormfront, man. No, yeah, we didn't a, start the fire on Storm it. Stormfront's a great. And Down Eastern Alexa, like as you get older, you're like, this is a fucking sad song. Yeah, it is. Your entire livelihood yeah. is going away. Uh, uh, yeah, he's he's making his living on fishing, and, and there's and no the, fish and, left. And there's no fish left. I'd also you're like to go say, home and commit suicide. Even though we're not done, maybe not that. There's no Eric Clapton on this list. What's up with that? All right, Nine Inch Nails, closer. All right, all right so are, are, we gonna, are we going to turn it up? Right, oh, gotta, yeah, uh, yeah. So if you want to actually hear the reason why. Turned okay, up. There right, we go. Okay, so. Brian's number one. it's coming up, yeah. Silence. Well, you got to wait for the. <laughs> no. Yeah, you don't know this. I do know this. You do know this? I know this. this? Okay, okay, Brian. Oh, my God. I'm not meaning there to was this. Okay. you, but it sounds like Buster Poindexter. When I was in when I was in high school, yeah. the, we had, we had like, the state championship color guard, and yeah. they did their state championship show to, to shake this song? song. Really? This, for those who don't know, this is... I know uh, this. this is the, the specific song is Shaker Song. It's by the Manhattan Transfer mm-hmm. off of their album Extensions. And... Uh, Manhattan Transfer is just like I, they're my band. There's the one that I think, and this had this is their crossover into more popular types of music because yeah. they are more of a fusion jazz. But this particular album, this is the one that has all their hits on. It's got Birdland. It's got it doesn't. It, I mean, it doesn't have Boy from New York City, which is their big that, yeah. breakout hit. Mm. But this is all of their. I mean, it's it's. Oh, sorry. Eh, bring no, it back. Okay. So they will bring it back there. Let's go back to Shaker's song there. Uh, but it's got Trickle Trickle on it, and it, for me, it's kind of hard because the Hanchers is like okay. Every album has like this is the. Thing on it, and I was I was introduced to them through their Vocalese album, mm-hmm. and it had been a while since they had done a thing. They brought out Vocalese, and that was a wonderful album there. And Offbeat of Avenues is one. Brazil is another one of those amazing yeah, no, ones. No, but I, extensions. If if you've never really had done the Manhattan Transfer, it's get fine. Extensions Brian, as a choice, it's fine. Here. I don't mean this to be insulting, <laughs> um, but it's like me picking. The Yell Alley Cats. You ever listen to the Yell Alley Cats do anything? No. They were an acapella group from okay. Yale, obviously. Okay. They did like Spider Man. Okay. It's a great album, but it's like so specific to me that it's hard for other people to have connected with it. Well, th- that's what I put chess up there. Is that that's 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 a me no, album? I think, but I th- think th- chess th- is the kind of thing that other people might potentially have responded to. Well, I think. See, but he the thing killed is, you. The Manhattan. He yes, he turned me off. Not okay. not not your phone. That's I know, but I turned the phone off because I only have about forty percent of battery life left, and I don't want to drain it down there. <laughs> but the Man, the Manhattan transfer. Is oh my like, God, calamity! One of the I think, if I recall correctly, they are the most. 
They're the gr- one of the Grammiest winning jazz artists in no, general. No, I, 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 I wouldn't disagree. And if I'm not mistaken, they're one of the most Grammy winning acts ever. So yes, but you would like, you would agree if you don't know who Manhattan Transfer are. You're likely not to have ever really thought about their music. Well, I, think exactly. it's a, I think but it's a great. I think it's a good album. Yeah, I'm not criticizing the choice. I'm just saying it's very case specific. And it goes into, but it's if you're dealing jazz. Granted, there, I'm sure there's a lot of other people that are saying, "The whole, how could you not have any number of other Damn jazz?" You, Brian, how did you not have it's like exactly you know, for jazz people? I don't there, know, lo- long Jim. Fulton at whatever. No, no, I'm not <laughs> saying that. I'm just saying. There's, if you look over their body of work, they have such an homage to mm-hmm. the various jazz. But they got a whole uh, album just on Louis Armstrong mm-hmm. type music and um, uh, Tonin. They're going back to the pop songs. Thing they, they do. It's the Manhattan Transfer version of Groovin. And um, going to take a miracle, and mm-hmm. they even get some of the original people there. Says we would like to do a cover of your song, but we're going to put our flavor on it and have you sing with us. And that's sort yeah, of, and it's yeah, the most exactly. Wonderful stuff. Mm-hmm. So if you sort of want to get into jazz, I would say almost yeah, start with the Manhattan Transfer, start with Extensions, start moving out to the other stuff. And people, I don't like jazz. You will find jazz something. Is a, yeah, you, you will, will find, find yes. something, and then that will become your flavor of jazz. Well, and what, and what was interesting is I mentioned, you know, like I, I knew that song, I recognized that song yeah. because okay, so at the time, you know, it's the '90s and it's Color Guard and it's high school and all the other Color Guards are doing, you know, Nine Inch Nails or they're doing, uh, you know, Bizarre Love Triangle, they're doing some yeah. popular song, and our our Color Guard instructor just didn't want to do that, and yeah. so she grabbed this song. And when you think about it, because it's all based on beats, they're spinning yeah. flags and rifles and sabers, and, and it's the beat all syncopated and it's syn- constantly exactly, changing, exactly, and so. Like as the the color guard performance went on, literally the every like the flags are doing the different syncopation, and then they bring in they bring in a different kind of instrument and a different sort of feel, and then the sabers would come in, and it was just this no one had ever seen anything like that. Like at least yeah. in terms of like what yeah. what they were doing in in their environment, no one had ever really seen anything like that, and it just blew the judges away. Yeah. First time I'd ever heard Manhattan Transfer yeah. that song, or mm-hmm. it, it was even on my radar. But I, I, I'm familiar with it because of and that. Great. They, it's great. They've all done solo albums as well, and all of their solo albums are wonderful. Janice Siegel, oh mm-hmm. my God, she's brilliant voice on her. So yeah, I would say, yeah, Manhattan yeah. Transfer. But mm-hmm. if you if you want to get into it, start with Extensions. And all right, Extensions. There. there you go. All right, Todd's number one. Moving on to Todd. Okay. Uh, Todd, I don't, the, num- I don't think the number one. is going to like this one. <laughs> uh, I, well, I don't, I don't okay. know if that's the case. <laughs> okay, I'm going to say something. Everybody's drunk. Not just, everybody. just, just, just. No, not, everybody. not everybody. Just you. Just you. <laughs> You're drunk too. No, no I'm not. No, he's not. <laughs> yeah, you are. No, uh, my f- number one album is uh, Garth Brooks. The very bottom. Which one? His first one, the one with the dance. I don't. It's, I it's don't Garth, it's Garth his Brooks. Albums it's it's his debut album. It's just Garth Brooks. Wait, 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 wait. Okay, I'm sorry. I was I was talking about Garth Brooks. Okay. His debut album. Garth let Brooks me, debut. Really? Yes. Let me let me let me think. I don't know you that well, Time but out. I wouldn't have pegged you for like I'm a country, country guy. Oh, I'm really? All right. Yeah. All right. Wait, no, hold on. Time it's, out. I know I'm the drunkest one here, but is that the one? No, where you're he's, the drunk one here. <laughs> but is that the one where he's wearing the red and black shirt? No. No, hold on. Is this shirt is he wearing? Blue and. No, he's got like a jacket on. He's got like a what else? A fleece is, what else jacket. is on the album? Is it Friends he's, in Low he's Places? He's out in the country. He's got a bunch of trees behind him. Okay, but what's on the album? 
Todd, um, is this the Friends in Low Places Thunder yes. Rolls album? Yes. That's a great album. Those are both good. Those are both the good Thunder songs. Rolls is a great the song. The Dance. The Dance. Oh, my yes. God. Those are yes. all really uh, he good. Did, good he did I didn't sh- know they were all on the same no, album. No, no. Yes. He did it's the, his the debut album. cover of yeah. Billy Joel. Right. That is it's a, a, <laughs> it's an, a it, like, I hate country music. <laughs> But I grew up listening yeah, to well, it. Well, this, is, well, this, Will, this is Will. his debut album. And I've never heard and it. And he's the third largest selling I would single argue artist. Of all time. Of all time. Yeah. I would argue that, that particular album is not necessarily country. It's, it played on K-Son. That, that doesn't make it country. It's country. He wore a cowboy no, hat. Every single, every single, like, I'm not a country fan either. Every single thing that you've mentioned that we've been talking about that I've I've known that I've I've known I like the Garth Brooks version or I like those singles. Yeah. I did not know they were all on that album. It's all on that album. That is an amazing yeah. album, therefore. That's a good that album. is great. Good choice. There's only is is um unanswered prayers on that album or is that the second one? Yeah, okay, you believe so. Oh, that's then, amazing. Then that's maybe the best Garth Brooks album. Yeah, it is. Good call, Todd. That, very nice. I, I like that. I like that. I also, I appreciate... The dance reminds me of my parents because um, this came out in 88, 89. Yeah. My mom died in 1990. Oh. And this song reminds me of how my father would have felt oh. with the loss of my mother. Mm-hmm. Oh my god! Intensely so, personal to you, very personal and to me. It's a great album so, to begin. Oh, that's a I good started, choice. I only started listening to country music in 80, 88. He might win. Mm-hmm. Like that's really good. So, yeah, I only started listening to well, country hey, music Dan, in eighty eight, and he came out in eighty eight, eighty nine. Hey, it's not a competition. No, but I'm just saying, <laughs> Todd, Todd might have won the podcast tonight. <laughs> yeah, no, but hey, he's right. It's a good album. No, he's right. It's so, a good number one. So, and it's it's you got to have a personal connection on this one because. Um, like I said, I connect with my dad on Johnny Cash because he liked him, and I also ended up liking mm-hmm. him. But I ended up driving. I spent my my childhood, my dad driving around. My mom doesn't drive. He'd drive us around, and we were stuck listening to the Judds and Brooks and Dunn mm-hmm. and a lot of stuff yeah, that yeah. I don't connect with. Garth Brooks, I Colin got. Ray. Like Jeff I could listen to Colin Ray. I, if you threw that album in, I would still listen to that which and enjoy that album. Which is basically what we're saying is that this is a country artist. It's that, a good choice that has. No, is not just country that he has it's, basically exceeded no, and, and, and and almost ubiquitous in terms a, of what it's people not like. Not a country album. Good on Garth Brooks. It is a country album. I had no, a friend. The it is. It is a country it's album. A, it's but a pop. It's a pop album. Yeah. That has country sensibility. Well, and you know, and that's what it was. But that's it has crossover example. to all to all genres but, but of music. But the thing is, is that it was not played on pop radio. No, but it kind of no. was. Oh, some of it was. It kind of was. Let's face it. Some of it was. Um, I was mentioning earlier about bands just spilled. Yeah, well, Dan always spills whatever. That's, that's all over everything. You guys are freaking out, but that's standard on yeah. the podcast. Um, Hopefully, his phone is okay. What I was mentioning earlier was some bands take a genre of music that by itself doesn't really connect with more than a core group of people and translate it into pop music mm-hmm. in a way that nobody yeah, when, has ever when done. When we before. say when say we Art say this album went pop crosses over country. to pop music, we don't mean to suggest that it, it not like it was being played with Madonna. The the, the country sense. Yeah, we've we've lost our audio there. Yeah. Oh, are we back? Um, are we back? No, it's that it's country music that again. I can't hear uh, Des on that. Here, Des, talking to my mic. Thank you, Brian. No, it's it's country music that crosses over into pop music to be more popular music, in the best sense of the word, popular. And I think it was the start of that whole. Yeah. Country moving into pop. Yeah, so certainly, popular. certainly. I think this is where you start to see. Brooks and Dunn having 
titles that are in pop music. What Todd was saying that nobody could hear because he doesn't have a microphone is that it was a start of country moving into pop. Yeah. You're leaving the sort of here, 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 Randy here Todd. classically country I have multiple pop- and becoming a situation where it's reaching a much larger audience than they right. ever Right, and you did. can start seeing where groups like Florida Georgia Line started getting their influence. Luke Bryan, who's very country, but he's much more pop in his feel. Of course, you're, we can debate whether or not it ultimately was a good thing when we right. go from Shania Twain and then ultimately <laughs> into... All right, I am actually going to call myself out. Um, I had a glass of whiskey on the table that I picked up and hit my microphone and fell out of my hand and spilled all over our soundboard and all over my microphone. And, and all he over had the gall to call me drunk. I know, and yes, that's what I'm calling... And that's the way it always works, and that's why is that the one yeah. who isn't drunk calls out the one who is, and, and no, then no, the one who no, isn't no. falls at his ass. Brian, well, as I said, I'm kind of calling myself out. I'm calling myself out because I've been given dead shit for being drunk and I'm the asshole who spilled all <laughs> over everything. Let's be honest. Okay, yes. calling me drunk and Dan not drunk is is it's ridiculous well that's because there wasn't I'm a great really bottle drunk. of red wine <laughs> i'm really drunk and dan's somewhat lesser drunk yeah. all right so going back, um, going back. what, so we, what we were talking we garth, were brooks, garth brooks todd was, uh, was todd, a great todd, pick that was so such todd, a good pick <laughs> todd picked maybe the singles i i don't want to use the word safest best choice okay. for number one eh. right like i mean like it's not it's not flashy. It's not particularly distinctive, but it is a wonderful album that you selected. I think we can agree on that. Everyone, yes, right. Like I mean, even though we're not, I'm not a country western person. Although I, I, I think it's debatable whether or not Garth Brooks is really country western. He's very pop flavored. Am I right about that? Would everyone agree with that? That he's, he's a very what, much a pop star. What does that taste like? What does pop flavored taste like? Well, it, 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 it tastes like means. bubbles. <laughs> it Damn. tastes like bubbles. It means that you put on a Padres uniform and you take at bats for the for the San Diego Padres at spring training. Which yeah, Garth, Garth came and played for the Padres. Actually, he did. He did. Yeah. Indeed, done that. Yes, he did. All right, All right we're gonna move on to okay, Dez's so number Dez, one Dez before one. we close this out at two hours Dez's, and ten minutes. Dez's number one is the single best live recording. Of all time. Feelings. No. Nothing more than no. feelings. Dan guessed incorrectly when I told him about this that it was Johnny Cash live at Folsom Prison. That is. Which would be the best recording of Boy Named Sue. It is actually Johnny Cash live at San Quentin, which is the best live recording well, ever recorded. And this is Boy Named Sue. By Shel Silverstein. Yeah, but not as good on San Quentin. The, this, is, the, this is San Quentin. What sells this album is San Quentin. Would you like me to play the song? Yes. Because it's San Quentin. God damn it. Hold on. I Apparently. Will try Why do you like this album, Des? Because San Quentin is Johnny Cash going to a prison. Yes. And singing a song. Yes. That basically says... Fuck you, guards. And not only does uh, he does it, not only does it once. Me, could I have a glass of water? He does it twice. It is, it is just the balls on this man is phenomenal to me. <laughs> now, granted, it's buffering. As you, as you could hear from when I liked 
Sinatra at the Sands. Right. I like these live recordings where the person is just kind of like, you don't like my music? Well, fuck you. <laughs> I like these kind of recordings that are kind of like, I'm, I'm a cultural icon. You can take me or leave me, but you can't not acknowledge me. Buffer, buffer. <laughs> I have not heard this album. I've, I've heard Life from you've Folsom never, Prison. You've never heard San Quentin? I don't think I've listened to this one. San Quentin is like Wait, the Who best. else has ever played Prisons? And recorded them. And recorded them to sell out as an album, yes. You blistered me since nineteen sixty three. Nobody's like, it's Stone Temple Pilots live from Donovan Prison. Like that's not a thing. <laughs> Johnny Cash had a whole thing with like the prisoners of the country that were getting a raw deal. Like even though like they're doing their time, but it was like for some reason, doing their time was even bad because everybody was against them while they were in prison and it wasn't right. And he was the voice of that class of people in a certain period of time. Rogers and Hammerstein at Sing Sing. <laughs> he's, he's redefining blue collar. Todd gets it. Todd gets it. Thank um, you, Todd. Um, that that would be amazing. Reference? Was, that, was that a producer's reference? No. No, I don't get it. Um, Rogers and Hammerstein, big old singing... Set of things yes. at a prison. That'd be amazing. Sing Sing. You've never heard of Sing Sing Prison? I've heard of Sing Sing. Yes. Yeah, so New there York. you go. Rogers and Hammerstein at Sing Sing. Um, one thing I do like about um, Johnny Cash in general is so you've seen Walk the Line, the movie. Yeah. Yes. The uh, the end of it is is great. Johnny Cash, you know, uh, played by Joaquin, Joaquin Phoenix. Phoenix. He stops the concert and he basically yeah. talks to Reese Witherspoon, who's yeah. playing What's Her Bucket. Um, her, his, his, his wife, June. His, June. June. And basically, you know, stops the concert and tells her how much he loves her. And they have that moment and everything's great. And you're like, oh, this is a great biopic. Yay, Hollywood. No, that actually fucking happened. Yeah. Like, yes. Johnny Cash yeah. stopped the concert and is like, no, we can't do this anymore. I am, you are, you are my world. You need to be with me. I okay. love you. And it was great. It's a great moment. Johnny Cash is amazing. Johnny Cash live at San Quentin is my number one choice. Yes, yes, we've course. asked That's you that a couple like, times. It's because it's because if and all my, you said is that he had balls. If my grandfather were a singer or a performer, he would be Johnny Cash. And if my grandmother who would Johnny Cash were, were a singer, he would be. Yeah, maybe. I don't know. I can't answer that question. Okay, it's just the way Johnny Cash was as a person. Is who my grandfather was. Johnny Cash was kind of a badass. And that's why I respond to Johnny Cash the way I do. And while I like Johnny Cash live at Folsom. A it's violent, drug addled, alcoholic yes. who beats his wife. But he cleaned up his act. He cleaned up his act. Who could tell a fucking Brian, story? He had pain. No, a man who didn't fit with his lot in life. Yeah. Yes. And I never I really accepted. For all my snark, that his life couldn't be something more than that. For all my snark, I get it. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> yeah. That's that's why I respond to Johnny Cash the way I do. When you mentioned like uh, the discourse, like the, one of their classic things is being able to take a story from a perspective of somebody in the past and paint an elaborate picture. Yes, that's you know that you can get into. Uh, Johnny Cash, I can't remember the name of the song. He tells the one about. Um, working in a car factory mm -hmm. and how every day or every week or whatever he steals one little piece of a car have you do you know this one dan yeah mm -hmm. I, yeah yeah so he, he takes 
but it lasts over like 15 years and his goal is to make a car out of one little piece at a time and he ends up with a car that is a horrible horrible Frankenstein monstrosity <laughs> uh, it's got no one, one headlight on the front and two headlights on the other or, you know the taillights on the other no side no one it's noticed got, the engine block it's got <laughs> one fin on one side it doesn't have it on the other and he's made he goes in to register it and they're like well what is it and he's and the, the you know the final it's a, it's a 60 61 62 63 64 yeah, 65 yeah, yeah, yeah. <laughs> it's a 15 year different monstrosity of a car but it just tells in 3 minutes this funny little story and yes, it's a very a Johnny, Johnny you know, Cash of, of all, did know how to tell a story of yes all the rock bands who tell stories about drugs or sex or how hard it is to be a rock star if somebody can actually tell an interesting story in three minutes that you can listen to repeatedly and be like, this is still entertaining. And well, I love got it. Sense, that's how that's part of the reason that Billy Joel and Bruce Springsteen I still, are yeah, I, I, yeah, yeah. because they 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 aren't telling stories about rock and roll and drugs and how horrible it is to be rock. So they're talking they're telling stories about working class people. Exactly. So. And I, I I think it says a lot about you that you've picked. Like I, I wouldn't have pegged you as this is your number one, but I find it really interesting that it is. And I, I Definitely agree with it. I've well, never Dan, listened to this album, and I love Johnny Cash. The whole world knows, not you, that deep down I'm a, ho- a, a hopeless romantic. Well, that's true. That's uh, true. This is true. He's, Brian, you, you are sentimental. Brian's yes. done, like, what, five shows, six shows, yeah. seven shows with me? It's not something I Can hide. I Can I get eight? Do I hear eight? Do I hear eight? <laughs> I just, Des, I think this is a great choice for you. Yeah. I really, really do. And I, I, I actually, honestly, I, I'm going to go and listen to it because I, I really think knowing you as well as I know you to kind of get this insight into your soul, mm-hmm. I like that. Good enough. Good job. All right. No, that's it. It's There's sports by Huey Lewis in the news. Now, Dan, not to put all that nice stuff you said about me um, to bed, but there's a lot of... <laughs> I know. There's a lot of static on the end in of my this. Headphones there's right a lot now. of static on the end of this, and it might be because I moved all the wires, or it could be something with the board that I spilled yeah. on. So we'll we'll but we'll see. We're at the end of the podcast. We're at the end, anyway. so it's okay. So that's that's fine. All right, everybody. This has been Music Zivic coming at you live, recorded right. live. Right. Damn, we haven't talked about Batman at all. No, podcast. no Batman. Um, coming at you live, recorded live from the El Cortez Hotel in beautiful downtown Las Vegas. But I want to talk about Batman. Don't talk about Batman. Too late. Too late. Uh, you can get us on the Music Zivic Geek Podcast Network where wonderful shows like Sweat and the Small Stuff is out there. Um, In addition to all sorts of other awesome things. GraphicNovice.com GraphicNovice.com Musings of a Geek Podcast is also featured on the Danger Entertainment Network at DangerEntertainment.net. We are on iTunes. We are on Stitcher and you can get us at Geek Life Radio. I think we're on Tuesdays at 9 a.m. I've got a question for you, Daniel. Sure. What episode are we on? on I think this Geek is one of four. No, uh, on Geek Life Radio. I think hundred. I haven't. I haven't done it in a couple of weeks, but okay. I got to. I, I got to put it up. But to plug my own show at this point. Yes, my, plug, my, plug my, away. my JPL buddy has put me off, so unfortunately, we did not actually record. No Mars. We did. Well, we're. It's still going to happen. It's still going to happen. It's still going to happen. But hopefully, thank. So, if you want to learn anything about what's up with Mars, it's a uh, shitty it's, candy bar. <laughs> Please, like the worst. Let me know uh, for sweat the small stuff, uh, or send it through Dan at Museums of a Geek, and we'll make sure that your questions get to uh, a, an actual a JPL, hum- a human being, a actual JPL, JPL roboticist, and she will tell you anything you want to know about Mars. Uh, robot- wait, wait, which JPL roboticist? <laughs> Her name is Dr. Ashley Stroop. 
Okay. We went to college together. Awesome. Um, again, check us out at musingsofgeek.com if you liked any of these albums. We have an Amazon link. Go ahead and click on the Amazon link and buy them. They're amazing. Do that. Um, or if you want to just hear audiobooks, we have an Audible link. We have all sorts of stuff. Um, does anyone have anything else for this uh, episode? I do. Feeling. Also listen to the Dresden Dolls, the XX, Alt-J. <laughs> Basically listen to every piece Wolf of music Alice, you possibly can. Because there's always a piece of music out there Basically for just listen to, the, to I don't know. To, to go, dead sound. Go go find new music. Go find go all the music. Go, go find, find Metric. Go find it's new called music. Reddit, people. Go f- go find new music. Listen to Death Cab. All right, everybody. I think we're gonna get dinner. All right, everybody. Thanks again for listening and stay geeky, my friends. You are now leading the world of Musings of a Geek Podcast Network. Stay geeky, my friends. <laughs> <laughs>